Hey, Kevin. How come you look like when you raised your desk that uh-huh. your your stature diminished a little? Really? I think Is it's it because the, the desk camera. was going but, uh, up, or because it's, I was... it's like you're underwater. You're like, <laughs> you're like, I'm underwater. It's uh, it's because the um, monitor higher up in relation to where I am. But can't yeah, you're supposed can't to you have wobble? your monitor, the top of the monitor, close to your eye level. That's how mine is. I used to have it um, to the middle. My eyes were in the middle of the screen. That seems like right to me, but apparently you're not supposed to look up. But then I feel like I'm looking yeah. down. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's more natural just... looking down than craning your neck up. Yeah, yeah I guess so. I feel like it's... I just am going to be like hobbled like too much. I already spent all day at the desk like working and oh, that's what these standing desks are for. They're they're like shoulder postural Yeah, but I just hobble at the solves. standing desk. You just go Ugh, Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Uh hmm. Well, uh I don't know, man. I don't know. Drew, how you doing? I'm doing good. How's everyone else doing? Doing well. Welcome I'm, I'm alright. I'm pretty good. I'm not bad. Uh, I'm, I'm I feel of, like uh, we haven't podcasted together forever. Sorry, we're an enemy to cut you wow, off. Wow, you make just a really steamrolled right joke. through me. I was going to make a dead space joke, and now I can't remember mm. it. That's ruined. It's, it's, it's all ruined. I think I, I forgot one of my appendages. I don't is know. it epilogue? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's his uh, Barry, Barry Lyndon shirt. Oh, my ah. God, you noticed my Barry Lyndon shirt. It's oh, the epilogue. epilogue. It's the epilogue, epilogue shirt from uh, Barry Lyndon, where it says they're all equal now at the end. <clears throat> People should watch that movie. It's like <clears throat> sometimes I think it's my favorite movie I ever. Yeah, captivating film. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely in my top ten at this point, like for sure. Hmm. I love that movie. Nice. Yeah. Barry nice. Lyndon. Oh. But anyway, we have a podcast to do, boys. Is that what we're here to do? I think so. Uh, nah, I just yeah. hang out, but I can record so, a podcast. Yeah, we could hang out. We could do. Thanks for joining us, Drew. Uh, Kevin, yes. looking good, my Thank friend. You. Oren, you're looking trim. Like you've been pounding those weights, haven't you? You're looking like a lean machine, my. Fr- you you look like you know modern Chris Pratt, not not former Chris Pratt. Like what's going on, man? I'm like a Chris Pratt, but with the beer belly, you know. I do those push-ups, I do that Stairmaster, but I drink those beers. Okay. That's what happens. He used to have a beer belly, though. Uh, it's anyway. Just, it's just uh, a part of me. Having a beer belly, it's just, it's just... I can be the most fit person in the world, and you'll just see, like, a big, round belly there all the time. Mm. It just never goes away. Okay, but quick, let's never hear your Mario. Away. My Mario? Yeah. It's-a me, yeah, a Mario. Hear- you got the job. It's-a me, a Chris Pratt. Yeah. Uncanny. I could do Chris Pratt. <sighs> yeah. I can do Mario. Yeah, I can do Mario a little bit. I can do Mario's grunting sounds in Mario sixty four when he like when he pizza the tonight sounds. Like, yeah, whoa, hoo-hoo. damn, you know? that's actually oh, that's good. That is that is legitimately good, Mario. Yeah, I can't do really the uh, the actual voice. I can't do. That's too difficult. But oh, does he have a voice? Pratt neutralized. Yeah, he goes like he has like a mama mia. He yeah. looks like low kind of when he dies. And he's like hmm. thrown out of the painting. Anyways, he's got like five things he says. Uh, uh, yeah, I feel like five. You don't lines. pay Charles Martinet just to make some grunting sounds, all right? It's true. Charles Martinet are, is a treasure. Are we ever going to get to the point where we cancel Mario because he's an Italian stereotype? Is that ever going to happen? 
has it happened? It, I think it has. Yeah, I think I think this we're is, doing uh, it right now. I think it's something that it comes up every five years or so. You know, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so racist to that Mario stereotype. Insensitive is maybe 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 better put right. It's a little insensitive to plumbers from New York, Br- Brooklynite plumbers, I guess. Yeah, what the hell, man? What like, the hell? You should actually uh, have characteristics. You shouldn't just be like, their character is that they're Italian. What the hell, man? They like I pizza. still think the fact that he's 22 years old still just is like, what? Yeah. Wait, I forgot what? about no, that. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> 22 no. years yeah, old. I yeah, he is. He's 22. <laughs> the mustache makes him look very he, patriarch. He's like an know, anime character. Patriarch kind of. Where you can't tell how yeah. old they are. Like, yeah. They're either like... Mm. like they're either like twelve or like a three hundred year old demon that looks like a twelve year old. Yeah. Oh my that's god. Mario. Uh, that that's fucked up, man. I always thought he was like fifty. It's the mustache, right? Have you it's seen the, the picture of him without the mustache? Do will Photoshop it? He looks like a weird baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I think he's just an alien. He's uh, an alien that has assumed human characteristics. I mean, we've seen him next to yeah, real yeah. people in New Dog yeah, City. Yeah, New Dog City. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. In New <laughs> Dog City, true. he's just an alien. So is he even he's really an Italian like then? Troll. Like, like no, he's like an alien of. He's a culturally yeah, appropriating like, alien troll thing. He like yeah. came down to earth, and like <laughs> the first person he met was like an actual Italian plumber, and that's just he assumed the closest thing he could to their like form. He's like the the, the <laughs> insect from Men in Black, you know? Yeah, exactly. He takes over Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Nintendo mm. has some pretty uh, dark underpinnings, you know, that we just don't talk about. Uh. <laughs> oh, we yeah. do here. Yeah, that whole Pikmin shit. Oh my god, uh, Oren, <laughs> let me ask you a question. Uh, what would you say if I were to tell you that Respawn Entertainment was? Uh, at least somewhat into the development of a, a Titanfall universe game inspired by Doom and Tony Hawk and that they canceled it. It's like, why did he even tell me, you know? Like, were you trying to do break my heart? Like I'd, three I'd rather... quarters of a hand job. Um, <laughs> three quarters I didn't hear of... about this. <laughs> you didn't hear about oh, this? So now no. Kevin's ruined. Kevin's like the heart is destroyed now. We're hearing it live He doesn't on like podcast. Titanfall, though. I don't hate Titanfall. I just I think it's not as good as everyone says it is. Yeah. Sorry. Wow. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I don't hate it. I just it's a it it's fine. a little overrated. It okay. It's most like it's it become cool. overrated. It was very underrated, and then it the uh, the long tail has been to like revere it in a way that's maybe a little much. But it's I mean, good are we game. talking the game as um, a whole or just that the campaign is overrated? Because honestly, I think the, the campaign, campaign still campaign. lives up to the hype. I replayed it like yeah, the within uh, awesome. the last year, and it's still really good, in my opinion. It's good, but people talk about it like it's like one of the three okay. best first-person shooters of all time, which is like whoa. But back off. is that more? I think that's also more of like there's just not a lot of really fantastic single-player shooter campaigns in the last decade. Like mm. it's that wrong. I'm not saying there's no. Some, there's definitely a lot of really yeah, good. Like, there's some Come other on. ones, but like ones that people talk I about mean, power wash simulator that's the best power one. wash simulator uh no <laughs> Does that game uh, this is there's no enemy ai yeah uh this yes. is a totally different conversation yes the but, services um, they they're, they're very inert they program them i can think of at least stagnant. i think oh, there's okay. been a lot of yeah. good fps campaigns i think actually the past yeah. 10 years may have been the best fps campaign i don't know 
I yeah. don't know. Yeah. You might be able to make a good argument for that. Uh, I could think of at least three from the 90s that I think are, are better. So yeah, I'm just saying, like, but, um, recent. Like, last last decade or so. Yeah. I, I think Titanfall yeah. 2 is the best of the past decade, but that might be controversial. I think, on this well, also... You think it's better than Doom 2016? Yeah. Well, it's I also, so. there's, like, a lot of, Whoa. like, just Call of Duty yeah. and Battlefields just, like, you know, clogging yeah. the list is, I guess, probably the other yeah, way of true. saying it. There's a lot I, of bad I think, I think I think Titanfall 2 is a masterpiece of pacing and just, you know, throwing everything at the wall in a way that I'm I just haven't gonna, seen. Like, uh, I'm just going to mention, mm. I haven't beaten it. I've tried to beat it like four or five times, and I stop every time. Yeah. I just get bored. I'm sorry. I don't mean to hate it. I just, like, I, I never, it just, the enemies are not smart. I mean, I will say, like, just, yeah, it's good to I, I think, even though it's called Titanfall, I think all the memorable stuff is not in a Titan and the campaign. Yes. Mm. Sure, I don't like the Titan yeah. combat that much. I, I like the watch part. Yeah. That was cool. But it was cool like the first time and then it was like, okay, this is all right. It's not <laughs> as it's not as replayable as Doom twenty sixteen. No. Um I don't think no. like those, those are probably the two best though. It's kind of a shallow game. I don't am I, am I hating so. here? Am I just being negative? I'm sorry. I don't kinda, know. Like I wouldn't uh, disagree. I but I but I also agree with Orin. Part of the strength yeah. is that it just gets in, gets out. So the shallow yeah, is one of me. it's like it's one of like the best like when you play it the first time it yeah. is it feels like the best single player campaign you're playing it does not reward subse- subsequent playthroughs i will say that there's not a lot of like breadth in the gameplay i guess so i feel like it's like you do it like you shoot the guy with the assault rifle with the shotgun <laughs> or you run on the wall i don't know i, don't I think know. it's just more about the yeah. weapons it's, like, it's a really like a, good cod campaign it's like a call of duty campaign but with the philosophy of half-life 2 where like every level has yeah. its like gimmick that makes it right. really interesting it's not yeah. about the game like the enemy design is like interesting like there's no enemy variation there's no asymmetrical orthogonal enemy stuff no, it has flaws like for sure it has yeah. flaws and i guess that's that's my, i don't know it's my another conversation but... i love it though it's another conversation no anyway. hate just not great what what, what is, what is the best uh first person shooter campaign of the past 10 years like do you think it's doom 2016 uh, doom eternal 2016 doom eternal for me it's Doom Eternal, yeah. 2016. Doom Eternal is too flawed, even though there is some good parts to the campaign. The, the uh, campaign is not perfect. It has a lot of... Like, 2016 is, like, to the end, in my opinion. Either way, And, yeah, and I'm yeah, just going to say go. Power Wash Simulator to be the contrarian. Anyway, let's go. All right. <laughs> but hey, Titanfall 2, right? And then, what do you think, Drew? What was the best? Shift? I'm best trying to think... Played? I'm trying to think of one I like better than Titanfall 2. I don't know that I think of one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Today, I'm in the same boat as Drew, so Titanfall 2 wins. Yeah, fuck Doom. Doom sucks. I mean, yeah, I don't want to torpedo this whole podcast, but I don't like Doom 2016 really that much. So that's my, like, it's overrated. Let's but, go. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I love Doom 2016. We have a lot of other things to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that that's interesting. But uh, in other news, there's been kind of a, uh, a disappearing of games. Games have been getting disappeared uh, a, a smattering of live service games were canceled or um, shut down, right? Uh, speaking of, of Titanfall, the uh, what's the name of it? Apex Legends mobile, uh, the Battlefield mobile game. Uh, there was a, a, I guess there was a wrestling, professional wrestling style uh, Battle Royale. I don't even know what it's called that was shut down. 46 Xbox 360 games were delisted from the marketplace. The, the bad side of digital ownership is rearing its head, particularly a bad side of, of service games. What do you guys think about that? This is why I own like 300 Blu-rays still. Mm. Yeah, 
I feel you there. I think uh, it's inevitable. I think, I don't know, not like service games are inevitably like it's like if they don't if they don't do well, they're gonna go away. So that's just like yeah. how it goes. I was actually talking to a friend the other day about like specifically the live service stuff of like how like because I assume when you're working on these like you have to like unless you're just real like have no sense of realist like realistic expectations like you know you have like there's an endpoint to this like you're not gonna be you know running this game forever like eventually you're gonna have to shut the servers down so i guess that probably like takes some of the edge off but like man i'm just i just try and put myself in the shoes of like you're working on this like you work you have to work so hard to make even just a bad game like and just all the time you've spent in this thing that you know is like i mean say what like if you just make you know if you made Titanfall 2, you know, someone can always just go back and play the campaign of Titanfall 2. Whether, regardless how you feel about it, your work is always there. Uh, versus, like, I don't know, I just would feel like... It'd be kind of demoralized for me to, like, get up every... Like, when you're when you're really in, like, the real bad, like, I've been working on this game forever, I'm just so sick of this game, like... It'd be hard to get up some days for work when you know also, on top of that, eventually just no one's going to be able to play this either yeah it makes me wonder it, it, it's it's interesting that so many people have been defending digital media in the sense that like oh yeah it will always be there it will always be platformed but at the end of the day like these pl places are motivated by money and what is being viewed and what's being clicked on and if they decide to just remove something it's over it's gone and it really i think it really should bring back the conversation of video game preservation um we kind of need a martin scorsese type figure to come in and try to restore like how kind of how he restored all these foreign films and brought them to western audiences and preserved them we need a figure like that to champion preserving these like 360 titles because i don't think it's a good sign for the industry well even video games are particularly bad because it's so moved over to digital being the absolute dominant form of like how you buy and play these things like i you know i watch way more movies than i play video games and so i'm just kind of used to whenever i'm watching something i just kind of will casually look at amazon to see what the blu-ray is going for right now uh and recently because with the last of the show i was like well you know maybe i'll want to i'm waiting for the whole show to come out before i watch it but it's like maybe i'll want to also play uh part one you know the the remaster or re whatever the, the latest remaster of part one i was like let me see at least just how much because i'm just so used to buying all, all my things physical i was like let me just go on amazon real quick and see how much the disc for part one is is going for and there was uh it might be changed now because amazon and sony in particular have a weird back and forth relationship on actually listing things properly but like when i checked a couple weeks ago there literally was not a single listing on amazon to buy a physical version of the last was part one uh, so there's like yeah. you you can run into stuff or like you it's 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 so hard to even be able to buy these things on physical. Yeah, yeah. I think too, like when you think of uh, the MMO boom in the 2000s, like how many of those still exist? Those are like mostly all gone. Yeah, it's a couple of survivors, but even like states of those games, like WoW Classic was a big deal because everyone wanted an older version of the game that didn't exist anymore, right? So like, yeah, it's just uh, I think service games like are just fundamentally like, that's gonna be a problem. They're just transient experiences that are. They come yeah. And go. 
Uh, uh, even the games that are canceled like i want to play PUBG from mid 2018 not yeah. how it is now i, think I actually don't a... love games as a service as a model i think it's kind of a problem right. and it seems to wear developers down too they seem to like not i don't know yeah i mean it's a never-ending treadmill right like you know yeah the game's up you gotta keep working there's no no vacations there's no the game's done take two weeks off yeah yeah that's Another thing that I was kind of thinking about, too, is there's this whole culture now of, oh, if a game is remade, the original doesn't have to exist so we can remove it. And Yeah, I don't like that. uh, An example is um, I really love the original Dead Space. I also love the, the Dead Space remake, which we'll talk about in a bit. But there's actually things that I prefer in the original Dead Space to the remake. And I think it'd be a real shame to lose that. If you had like this, oh, you know what? No one wants to play the original. Let's just keep the remake. Like that would suck. Like I wouldn't want that. Yeah. But don't get rid of that. I mean, that's the whole Star <laughs> Wars special editions versus the regular exactly. original trilogy of like it's like you know. I mean, people people would be way less shot mad about the special editions if you could just yes. also buy the regular the theatrical versions as well. Mm. Drew, I'm assuming you have the despecialized versions. Have you gotten those? Uh, I think I still have them on the hardware somewhere. Uh, I mean, I also have like all the 4K, the box set too, which obviously does not have the. Uh, yeah. It's got as many. It's amazing that like if you just chart how many different changes have been made to those movies each time they come out. Yeah. Yeah. To me, the most egregious one. This is small. It's just the fact that they added when uh, Luke is looking at, 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 at like he's getting like electrified. Vader's looking back between him and the Emperor. They added a no. Yeah, it's like to Vader. And my someone told me that, and I was like, that's a joke, right? Like episode three, you're making a joke. That's not real. And it's like, oh, that's real. <laughs> it's they did that. It's the epitome of like you. Sometimes you need to be forced to just have to it. Like a thing is done, and there's no more. Just stop tweaking it. It's done. This the thing is yeah. what it is. Do not yeah. be out. Anyway, I, I do think, like, you know, it's worth preserving those original iterations, and I think it's a shame <clears throat> when that gets lost over time. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine never yeah. being able to play the original Resident Evil, Aaron? And they're like, ah, oh, the remake, that's the only one people want to play. No one wants to play that fixed, or like yeah. Resident Evil 2 remake. It's like, no one wants to play the fixed camera angle version. You know, like yeah. that would just suck. And I feel like we're moving towards that sensibility of like, oh, people don't want to consume certain types of things, so we can just remove them from the store. Yeah, I hate it. It sucks. It sucks. Uh, speaking of remakes, Oren, what is it about the original Dead Space that you prefer to the remake? So we are getting into our Dead Space remake ex- discussion. And uh, I played through the entire Dead Space remake. I clocked in at about 18 to 20-ish hours. And I Hmm. finished it literally like 36 hours ago. So I'm ready. I'm ready to talk about it. Um, Overall high-level thoughts, I think it's great. I I thought it was an excellent remake. There's so much stuff that I love about it. But to Aaron's point about like what I don't like about this one... I do have some nitpicks. Um, I don't know if we should get into them now, but I do want to hear Kevin's overall high-level thoughts because I think it is a great remake, and I am surprised by how good it is. 
Uh, I am surprised too. Coming off the Callisto protocol, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Not that it was the same dev or anything. I just was like, "What's going to happen? Like, is it going to be a bad? Is be two bad remakes or two bad like games that I'm just style?" Poor but, Callisto protocol. Know, Every bad. time somebody talks about this, they have to get, throw a punch at the Callisto. I know. I feel bad because I like the Callisto protocol, um, and I've been playing uh, them back to back. Actually, comparing them, even yeah. though Callisto protocol is different, but anyways, yeah. Um, I think it's a really good re- remake. I think it's actually better than the original game because of the primarily the exploration and ship changes they've made, I think are just like, oh, okay, this is now like a Resident Evil game. <laughs> this is now like, this this is like the uh, Spencer Mansion of, of Dead Space, you know? So mm. I think uh, pretty much outside of really the, my big nitpick was like a couple, like the really the casting change. I just don't like the new Hammond that much. Um, I think he's yeah. like, I actually that actor is in this 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 YouTube video called Every '90s Commercial Ever, which is like a really amazing like the thing um, horror video. Which that that guy's in it, but uh, I just don't think he's the the old Hammond was amazing. Um, yeah, I can't remember what that actor's name is. I believe he's a Ghanaian actor. Yeah, the guy really from good. 300 yeah. and Spartacus. Yeah. They probably could have got him. Like he's still alive. But I think I the know. game itself, mechanically, is just pretty much all around better than the original. Having just played the original, what, for the long jump of... I don't know when we did that, like six yeah, months ago. Yeah, we all just played it. Yeah. Um, There's uh, so honestly, many details. My, my, my favorite thing about the remake is that I think the first Dead Space had a really promising story with interesting lore. I think this is straight up a really good story now. Like, I think they really hmm. fleshed everything out. And it's actually really engaging as a story-driven horror game. Um, I still think it has a couple of clunkers, especially at the end, uh, without spoiling too much. But like the whole exposition dump that happens in the first game that doesn't feel motivated of a character explaining their motivations all at once. They didn't change that in this one. And I was like, why didn't you change it? Because <laughs> I just hate that. I hate that part of the original game, and it's still in this one. And I'm like, why did they keep that? But overall, like the game did some really cool, really creative things with side quests to expand the storytelling. And um, also the game did, did a couple of late game twists that are not in the original game that really caught me off guard and I think really deepened... Uh, the mythos of the marker in a way so i think that was my biggest surprise was the storytelling i thought the storytelling was really good i definitely think they fleshed out a lot of the like specifically isaac's motivations make much more sense in this game now right um with his mom like his relationship with nicole and his mother yeah like that that all was like oh okay it felt like like they i knew what they were like i guess they were going for with the original but just it wasn't quite there I also want to mention, like, while we're talking about the story, um, two things. One, Gunner right now voices the character. So, like, what do we all think of that? Um, I like that because Gunner Wright's been Isaac since the first game. He voiced all the just just the strains and grunt sounds and death sounds for Isaac in the first game, and then he voiced him in two and three. Um, so now he's hmm. actually modeled after him because the first game he wasn't modeled after Gunner Wright, but two and three he was. So it's kind of like it feels like a more cohesive kind of feel. But I felt like the dialogue they added for him like felt right for like the tone of the character and the writing for that we've seen him do in the other games and also um the it adds some context to some of the moments of the game that i think were like there's some parts of the game where like characters are talking to isaac and he says nothing and it definitely feels weird like when you replay the original game where it was kind of <laughs> like 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 a, a character's exposition dump in the ending of the first game was kind of like you have nothing to say to this like <laughs> 
you're just silent. Classic. So like, I know why they yeah. did that. It was that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up? I was just saying the classic like silent protectors problem of like. Yeah. What really? Nothing. You got you, the world is ending. You got nothing to say about this. It's got nothing to say about anything. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, what did you guys think of the new dialogue, though, for Gunright? That's like one of the biggest changes. I was so I guess I should say really quickly. I was very skeptical if this game needed to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, I I and we just played it, and I felt like of all the games I've gone back to play, Dead Space held up almost better than any of them. Mm-hmm. Like it still I looks agree. really impressive. Like I was, and it still feels good. Like comparing that to like Resident Evil Four, which just still looks pretty good but feels really wonky, and I don't know other games. Like I was surprised how well it had held up. So I was like, this is like a game that just doesn't need to be made. But um. I have been very much enjoying it. I think that there have been some substantive changes. I was worried about adding a voice to Isaac. I never played Dead Space 2 more than a couple hours. I never played Dead Space 3, so I don't really, I'm not used to him talking or what he has to say. And his silence gave a sort of, uh, I don't know, like it added a little extra mystery. Yeah, like it, it gave him a character that I could imprint on, obviously, a lot more. And, um, so I was worried, right, that he was talking, and I really, when I watched the first time I watched that IGN preview where they have him talking about, yeah, it's so hard having Skype chats every six months or whatever. Like I was like, <laughs> but uh, but it, in the end, it it has worked well enough. It doesn't bother me. There's been a few times where he starts talking, and I'm like, who the fuck is talking right now? Because he sounds like Darth Vader with his helmet on, and I like don't he he's, he talks so infrequently thank god that i sometimes forget who he is i'm like wait who's that oh it's isaac yeah i i like miss the quiet of the first game but i think like the more i got wrapped up in the story and his motivation i was able to forgive it more and i started to get engaged by it uh a, a couple of other things that i really love about the fact that isaac had like talks now is that he'll talk during combat too. Like every time you're out of ammo, he'll be like, fucking shit. <laughs> and I just love it. Or he'll Wait, like, does he do that? Yeah, he does that. It's or the like only you, time he talks. Yeah. He doesn't talk or if you God. like, or if you're like stomping a lot, like you stomp like 10 or 11 times, he'll be like, fucking die. And <laughs> I just love that. I love that. <laughs> <position>. <laughs> All right. Yeah. He doesn't have like any like long quips or anything. Like, like imagine if he right. like if he saw the Necromorphs and he was like, oh, it looks like my in-laws, like that kind of stuff. That would ruin the game for me. Right? <laughs> God, God of War, God of War, Ragnarok? Nathan Drake. Say, yeah, um, Noah North is now the voice of Isaac. Um, <laughs> but I I felt like it was infrequent enough. It was like how much like Leon and Claire talk in the RE2 remake, which like sometimes like you shoot yeah. a zombie and they're like, what is wrong with you? Like they have like small lines, but like it's not super common and it's not enough to, yeah. to distract me from the game. It still feels scary that regard yeah i thought the game was very economical with when he talks and i thought that was good and i just uh i don't know i i i love the fact that his mom this isn't a spoiler because it happens at the way beginning of the game but basically like one of the key points of his motivation is that his mom got um brainwashed by the unitologists which are basically the science space scientologists that's basically what they are and I thought that added a lot to the narrative. I think that, because um, like in the first game, the only thing really motivating him is Nicole. So I think adding mm. the mom thing really raised the stakes to the Well, story. and his survival. He and is his... like stuck on a death trap. Right. 
but yeah yeah but like you know in the first dead space it's like it was like the most basic motivation kind of propelling him into the ishimura into doing all of this stuff like why he was there and here like it really kind of seems like he mm. had a lot at stake to be there in the first place mm-hmm. um, um but yeah i i uh i really love the game i something a couple of minor quibbles I don't think they nailed the plasma cutter. I know that sounds weird, but I think the plasma cutter in the first game have like has like this really nice like boo boo like this booming noise. Yeah. In this one, it sounds a little too plasma y. I don't know. Like I know it's called the plasma cutter, but it it feels more like a space gun than like you're shooting yeah. these like giant lines into appendages. Like that was a really small thing, but I don't think they quite nailed it. Yeah, it also starts off less effective than it does. I, I think the game is like the plasma cutter. You just don't shoot their limbs off as quickly as you did the beginning. Of, I, I think it gets it's as you upgrade it, it becomes more effective. But like it starts off a little weaker, so it might kind of make it feel a little mushier. Uh, what do you guys feel about the tuned difficulty of this game? Uh, I'm playing it on hard, and I found that the beginning of the game, the necromorphs move, I believe, much quicker and more aggressively than they had in the the old game am, am i right about this it seems to be i right. played less than both of you i should say i've only played the first three chapters they, necromorph like they used to do the thing where they do the re4 ganado thing where you aim with them they just start walking uh in they this shamble, game, yeah they fucking run at you like full yeah. speed yeah. like i've had multiple times where i was ambushed in a corner uh, i was playing it hard as well but they seem like more I of a challenge hard. I never felt like the game was like too hard or anything. It felt like just the right challenge for me. It was no, not like too hard. Fun, just but more definitely notably yeah. much challenging. I also felt like the Necromorphs, they look really good, but the higher mm-hmm. fidelity, it's that same problem of like the old, like the older ones look scary because they were lower fidelity. They looked more, sure. like the new ones are so high fidelity that it's like wow, I can see like everything. I just want to also mention the gore system of this game is like so good. <laughs> Did you, have you, yeah. have yeah. you noticed that the force gun like flays them? Yeah. yeah, you shoot the force gun, they blast off. their skin off. That's so awesome. it's so disgusting. Yeah. This is to the human corpses too. I've noticed they have like a really in-depth gore system in this game. Uh, that I was like, whoa! I, I actually felt a little disgusted, which is not too common because I play a lot of horror games. But that was definitely like, Ugh. yeah. No, I dig it. It it it's uh it's it helps too to know that you're you're stripping the skin off before you break those bones. So did you notice that when you're shooting them? Uh, the skin like breaks away more and more yeah. as you shoot the arm. I it's, it's very reminiscent of the one of the best parts of Doom Eternal, which was the destructible demon system, as they called it. It's uh, very reminiscent of that, of like breaking them down yep. as you're fighting them. Or the Resident Evil no, 2 good. remake. They, that, they also did yeah. that with the gore. But it was mm. another gun that I think, even so, though the plasma cutter isn't as good, I think they did improve the line gun a lot. Because you can now shoot these lasers mm. that stick to the wall, and they create these laser traps, and they're so effective at stopping oh, yeah. like a ton of necromorphs coming at you. And you can attach them to stuff I've seen people doing, and like use it like a like you can attach it to a pole and then carry it around. Yes, and like basically use it like a lightsaber. It's did awesome. You, did you do that at all? So yeah, cool. I did it a couple times, and it worked. And. Uh, uh, I also like how the game just has more stuff that you can throw at the necromorphs. Like there's like poles and spikes around labs that you can just easily see and grab and throw them at the necromorph. I thought that was really yeah. clever. I'm glad they <clears throat> added that. It, it just seems like you could experiment a lot more in this one that you couldn't do in the original. 
Yep. So the first games, the guns, I never felt were very balanced. I think the the plasma cutter was like by far the best weapon of that game. So this yeah. game, it definitely felt weaker. I noticed that, like especially when you the rotate is like way slower. If you play the original game, it like yeah. rotates almost immediately. And this game, it's kind of like I think it's on purpose because I think they want it to not be the like end all be all weapon. Because like the assault rifle is actually really good in this game, and it has the forty yeah. mil tube grenade, which is also like yeah, grenade launcher satisfying <laughs> on it. And the uh, the um. The line guns projectiles are way faster. They used to be like really yeah. slow traveling. And it was kind of like not that good. Um, mm. But I, I really like the weapons rebalancing. I was really happy with that. Um, and I also used the flamethrower the whole game. It made me feel yeah, like greedy from the thing yeah. with the flamethrower. And you can like drop the walls that blocks them. Did you notice that? So they can't get through it. So if you're like on like a catwalk, you can drop the flame wall and they'll just get stuck behind it and you can blast them with the cutter. Yeah. There's uh, definitely some more game mechanics, which I really appreciated. I love that how you can shoot the ground with like a flamethrower mine and it creates like this floor of fire. Like that was so effective. I really liked that. Yeah, I found myself being more experimental. Like in the the first original one, I think I only used the plasma cutter for the most part. Like because it was so effective. I only used it on my replay, yeah. Yeah. But so Yeah, no, I, I like felt it. like the um the the Ishimura being explorable is just so incredible i was so like, yes. impressed with that and it, it really felt like i was like oh this is like the police station or the spencer mansion now like this is like a place that i know every little nook and cranny and i can freely explore and there's always stuff to come did back did you to. get that feeling towards the end of the game like did because so they like to be clear what they did is they they system shocked it or made it more yeah. like resident evil to get the metroidvania everything's connected you did feel like ah i know that i'm walking down to the like engineering core oh i'm heading i'm getting near the bridge like you had that feeling of uh map knowledge i did I did. I also knew hmm. the original Ishimura very well, which they have changed it yeah. a little bit. But I noticed that yeah. the tram like just goes through the ship like in real time. Like it just moves. Like it doesn't. It's not like there's no loading screen or anything. Everything's just this seamless. Yeah, transition, that is really cool. Which I was really impressed by. This is one uh, of those things where I feel like it's like three steps forward, one step back. This is going and the reason mm. why is because I think the first Dead Space has just like the best pacing. Like the pacing is yeah. just so good, and and I think it's awesome that they did this more of a Metroidvania. But sometimes I just kind of want to get to the next set piece. But then the game is like, but you have like three side objectives you can follow up on, and that's cool. But it also I felt impacted the pacing a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. So it was like a weird trade off I had. Like I still loved it. Mm. I loved the Metroidvania, but part of me was missing just like that excellent pacing of the first game i felt like um when i think about this like in terms of like game design too like um the first game feels like such a cohesive experience similar to actually doom 2016 and that's kind of like you're in this station that you're exploring and like you kind of get familiarized with it even though the first game you couldn't really explore it you kind of like feel like you kind of know the deck and the ship um whereas the sequels especially the third game start getting to this kind of like set piece, set piece, set piece where like you're never, there's no, there's nowhere to go back to because you're now like on another planet, right. like on like another place. And I felt like uh, th th this grounded setting to me is just speaks much more to me. It feels like a much more of a familiar sure. place that I start to learn and love. So th I guess that's like, th this was much more of a Kevin uh, <laughs> kind of thing, I guess now. So I was really, I, I don't know. I feel like that was like my favorite change probably was the, yeah. um, the ship. And I like how there's like, you can go back and find the side, the, the upgrades for the, sh uh, the notes for the, uh, Oh yeah, yeah. And all that stuff. 
all different rooms, security rooms. I, I will say, like, my one complaint with the old, and it's not a complaint, it's just more like a wish for, like, future Dead Space games would have been to make it more connected. It's, uh, I'll have to see as I continue to play how, how effective I think it is, but, like, I feel like that's the perfect recipe for this franchise. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I also want to add, too, that the new Zero Gravity segments are fucking mm-hmm. incredible. Like, oh, my God. They, like... They killed it. <laughs> I cannot so, believe how good they are. The, the funny thing, did you guys play two or three? Uh, I never played two or three. Okay, so mm. uh, <laughs> two and three both had these these zero gravity mechanics. Um, and also in two and three, you could take the Necromorph's arms and shoot them at the enemies. So they took a lot of stuff from two and three. They even actually make homages to Titan Station uh, and stuff, which is the same for two. Um which is really cool. Like I felt like it was like I thought it was really cool to see a remake like acknowledge some of the stuff from the future. I guess Resident Evil did that a little bit too, but I feel like this game like directly acknowledges like even like the places in the sequel. So I thought that was like sure. a really nice um, thing hmm. and mechanics too. So it just feels like that was like oh this is this is the best of all worlds right here for a remake. Yeah, yeah. I I just I think they really improved uh, the turret section especially. Yes. I thought I thought that was so creative because in the original you just do a turret and you're just shooting asteroids, but this one you have to get out in your zero gravity suit and you have to actually aim the turret guns with your gun so it links mm. up with the asteroids and it's so creative. It is such mm. an improvement over the original. Oh my gosh! Because hmm. I always dreaded that point of the game because I hate that section. It's uh, <laughs> the worst so, part of the game. <laughs> For it's sure. the worst part of the game, and they improved it with oh, yeah. uh, with this new one, and I just thought it was awesome. They did such a good job. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. All right, let me ask you guys a question. There's been a lot of speculation. Dead Space has been remade. It's a, it's a it's a success. People are very happy with it. Everybody keeps saying, "Oh, I hope they get to make Dead Space 2. Um, is that the direction we want them to go? I feel like there's a lot of passion and talent at EA Motive. I would rather see them make Dead Space whatever, you know, Dead, Dead, Dead Space 2016. Right? That's what I want to see them make. I, I agree. I would. I don't want them to do Dead Space 2. I want them to do something new. I agree. I feel uh, I would take either of them pragmatically. I would totally yeah, take, I'll take either for new, but I also really like Dead Space 2, and I would play that too. So, like... If they could connect Titan Station in the same way they did with uh, this and, and maybe even build upon it. I think Dead Space 2 would take some more re-cutting um, up to kind of make it fit because it, it does go to different places. I think that'd be really mm. cool. I, I would be really into playing Dead Space 2 remake. Uh, but I would love to see a new yeah. original game in that franchise. Maybe like a whole new cast of characters, whole new setting and story, but the same kind of... I don't yeah. Know. Maybe they do something like uh, what like Resident Evil's been doing where it's like every other year you get like a different... You get a remake, you get a new game. You get a remake, you get a new game. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I want to see some fresh blood. If they just do... If everything's fucking remakes, because if I'm looking right. at the goddamn show notes right now, all we're talking about today is remakes. remakes. Uh, uh, yeah. One thing I want to mention on this game is yeah. the sound design is, like, one of the best I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. And they said that um, uh, they use materials for the sound design, which I was like, oh, that's so interesting. So, like, what that means is basically oh, they assign yeah, yeah. Um, for graphical stuff. Like, you'd be like, oh, I'm looking at a wall. It's made of metal. 
So like they like at least in Unreal Engine, you use like all these different things to make up like what a material is. So like how it looks like when you look at different angles of it, it has like the specular highlights or whatever the different pieces of the thing are, plastic, metal. Yeah, how light grass, reacts to it. How light reacts to it and how, how that graphics appear to you. But they're also done with the sound design. So this so the sounds actually have to travel and then they like react with the wall or whatever the surface is and that and then it comes to your your player character. So there's like all these different the sound just like it's just crazy. I was actually testing it, kind of like walking different areas that have static sounds and like see how the walls affect it. It it totally mm-hmm. does all that stuff. So it's like it's like casting sound waves. That's <laughs> really yeah. No. Also, I should yeah. m- mention that the sound design is like peak trolling because they definitely put some of the alien sound effects in like the door noises and the elevator sounds. Because there have been oh, so yeah. many times where I'm like, "There's an alien behind me," but it's just the door noise. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that the original shit. did a bit of that too. It I, did. I think play this game with headphones because I did not play do the remake or the original playthrough last year with headphones to to my shame now because i'm playing this now and there's like the the marker whispers to you throughout the whole game yeah, <laughs> yeah you can just it's barely awesome. hear it and it's awesome it's so good yeah. i played it with these headphones and i loved it uh the another thing that this game does i'm sorry that we're still talking about dead space but another thing that this game does that i don't think the original did and correct me if i'm wrong but sometimes like you'll be walking and a necromorph will just like pop through the uh, the event behind you, but really quietly. And all you'll hear is like the snarl of it. And then like you'll turn around and the necromorph is there. And that every time that happened to me, I like freaked out. I'm like, oh, it's the mm. necromorph. Oh my god. I love that there's an yeah. AI director now dynamically setting up an encounter. So it's there's always things happening in the ship where you go. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah. it's a little more alien isolationy. Yeah. It was terrifying. Uh, oh my gosh! It, it I'd was... say one more thing. Go for it. One more thing. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, if you're a PC player, a probably console too, actually. But this is really more of a PC thing. This game, you press start, you launch the game, and within I think 15 to 20 seconds, you are playing. There's like no, there's only like two or three splash screens. There's not like a bazillion unskippable splash screens. It loads, and then you go to the menu, and then it loads again. No, you just press like it's like I can't. Every time I start this game, I can't believe I'm playing it so fast. It's like, can we get oh, yeah, every we have game to talk about that. like this to play like this? Please, please. I love so, this. On consoles also, if you launch the game and it's not in a save state, it goes uh, straight to your save and says, do you, and it asks yeah. you, do you want to load your save? And you press yes and you're, you're playing you're there. the game. It's like incredible. Um, there's no splash screens. There's none of that bullshit. Why hasn't every game done this for the last 30 years or 10 years? I don't know. But it's it's uh, hopefully that catches on. It's like yeah. the best new feature. <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, one. I have one last question before we move on. <coughs> I'm going to ask this mm-hmm. to Kevin. Do yes. you like this more than the RE2 remake? I don't know. It's. It's. I think it's too soon for me to like give a, a an answer on that. Um, I think it's like in that level of quality, though. Like I. Yeah. I, I would say like hmm. this is a Resident Evil remake quality game. Like it's really good. Yeah, but it's way less transformative than that. Like yeah. like Resident Evil 2 remake is a new game. It's yeah, not it the is. same game. It's it like is. the same setting, but it's, it's totally different. I mean, yeah, this the is sounds still... are so true to the original, and the music and everything is so true. And the menu sounds, everything are so true to the original game, which I really liked because yeah. the original is so like specific. I don't know. I don't know if it's better, but I think it's. I think I could say it's like as good in terms of an experience as a horror game. It's a top tier remake. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind yeah. of like debating. I think RE2 remake was more addictive to me. Like I was just like obsessed with that game when it came out. But um, I was, I was, I think I was just so impressed with the storytelling stuff they did with this one. I mean, mm-hmm. it was kind of like it's something that I didn't really realize I knew I was missing, 
and like the fact that I can now recommend Dead Space remake and say like, oh, this is actually a really good story, I think is kind of special. So I'll have to contemplate that. Just how everyone looks older in this game. Like everyone looks like maybe more an appropriate age for their <laughs> what their jobs are. Like, sure. <laughs> like yeah. Nicole in the first game was like twenty. <laughs> this game, <laughs> she's like in her forties. She's actually hard the, to the, tell the age of a 360 character model, though. They not a lot of she detail looks in the face. Young in the first, in the first yeah, original. yeah. If you look at the, them side by side, she's actually the Dead Space Two Nicole. Right. Oh, both, I guess they're based after the character, uh, the voice actors' faces. Right. Uh, one yeah. and two had different Nicole actors. So. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, okay. Um, Interesting. Well. I, I do want to say too that Doctor Mercer in this game is so much better in the original. He's such a great character in this one. Yeah, I actually mm-hmm. really like him in this game. I think yeah, he did really well too. I think he's like up there with Andrew Ryan now. It's like one of my favorite I also villains. Liked um, Doctor Cross having like a presence. Just existing, yeah, like being there was cool. Like, oh know. yeah, Doctor Cross is a great addition too. Oh my gosh. Yeah, anyway, I feel like I have to stop myself from speaking more on this, but I think Dead Space Remake is definitely like an early game of the year contender for me. I, I really loved it. So I feel too. Yeah, it's it's really good. Uh, I was surprised. All right, play Dead Space Remake. Um, really quickly, System Shock got a new demo. That game has been... That game is the Melton Duke Hell. Nukem Forever yeah. of right now. Oh my gosh. That is like... Uh, it's funny because it is the it's the the source material for Dead Space. I mean, because yeah. <laughs> for Dead Space, right? So uh, the new demo is is pretty damn solid and gives me some faith that maybe it will reach its March um, release date. That's that's tentatively on the Steam page. Uh, what did you think, Kev? Uh, I liked what I had played. I feel like it feels like you told me you're messaging me. I remember like I was like watching the dead space ending and you were like, and like steam was like, bleep, 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 bleep. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> it's, oh, it's okay. <laughs> it's just a funny, just a funny moment of like video games and, and socializing. Um, yeah. but, uh, uh, the, you were saying that the shooting felt way better, which it does. It, the yeah. Shooting feels much better. It feels like you could play this game as a shooter and be like perfectly happy with that. I like the graphics. They're so colorful and, and it would trippy. It's like, it's like color. It's like ni- 1990s, like Doom or, or System Shock colors with like modern graphics, which is weird because it looks so. It's like, whoa, this is really colorful. Wait, yeah. is this game but, actually going to come out? I feel like this game yeah, has been coming out so. for like six so, years. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like joke. the Duke Nukem yeah. forever of, of right now. But it's supposed to come out this March, which is next month. It's going to come to consoles. So if it does, I, I think it could. It has a lot of. Uh, you think it'll be better hopefully than Prey? Potential. What? It will be better than Prey. Better than prey? Yeah. No. But, <laughs> Why not? Uh, Why not? Uh, it'll be better than Bioshock. Yeah, that's easy. Um, <laughs> so is I'm just trashed it. No, but it, it it could be good. I don't know. I don't want to spend too much time on it. But there is a demo. There's Try a it. Steam Next Fest is going on right now. There's a lot of demos to check out. That's the only one I checked out. And this is really substantially updated from the previous demos. So worth checking out. We'll check back in in March if it comes out. Cool. I played a couple. Of uh, I kind of want. I kind of want to play it, but March is going to be Resident Evil Four month, so I might not be able to. Oh, right yeah. away. oh man, all these remakes. You're right. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> is the I I I was so excited for the Resident Evil Four remake, but now like with the Dead Space remake being so good, I'm like, is is it going to be better than the Dead Space remake? I don't know. 
<laughs> it's more needed, I think. Resident Evil 4 is more frustrating to play now, I think, than Dead Space is. So I would sure. rather play the remake than go back, I guess. But I think that they'll sure. be able to make RE4 scarier. I think is what they'll probably the big the big. It's so my prediction for RE4 that it'll be a scarier right. game, and the island section Maybe. will be better. Uh, <laughs> so let's well, let's talk about an, another. Uh, no, this isn't a remake. What happens when when companies uh, have these directs, right, where they show us the stuff that's coming out, and they say, "Oh, by the way, this game's out right now." You get or what happens when when they do that? You get Hi-Fi Rush. You also get Metroid Prime Remastered. But let's talk about Hi-Fi Rush. <laughs> Well, I'm going to defer to, uh, well, how about this? I'll tee it up and then I'm going to pass it over to Drew because Drew has been like quietly waiting this whole time. Like, I don't know know that you want me to come in for Hi-Fi Rush, but go ahead. This is good. Let's do it. Yeah. So um, Microsoft did their direct and to tee it up, um, they shadow dropped Hi-Fi Rush, which is this new video game by the makers of The Evil Within, which is so funny because Shinji Mikami and John Johannes, they're known for making those horror games. Like John Johannes was the lead director of The Evil Within 2, which is which is one of my favorite horror games of all time. Uh, Shinji Mikami is famous for Resident Evil, Devil May Cry, all of that stuff. And they just shadow drop this game that's like pretty much unlike anything they've done before, <laughs> um, with the exception of maybe like Devil May Cry DNA. And mm. uh, I played it, but I'm not going to give my opinions because I want to give it to Drew first to, for him to give his opinions. Yeah, my opinions <laughs> of. Okay, so look, so I I did not. I had suspicions that I was not really going to like this game before I played it, but you know, I knew I was going on this podcast. I knew we were going to talk about it. So I was like, well, you know, it's on game pass. <laughs> it's literally free. Game pass. Uh, you know, and it's at least like, I mean, like I'm not, I'm not a big horror game guy. So like, I wasn't ever going to play the dead space remake, you know? So like, and I love rhythm games. I don't, I don't really, I'm not a big action game guy. And I also don't really like when rhythm is mashed up with like, I don't like, I don't like rhythm sh- FPSs. I don't like rhythm bullet hells. I don't like the recent, I have just in history have not liked the recent, a lot of these rhythm mashed up with other genre things. Uh, I just feel like they kind of usually, when you put rhythm with some other genre, I feel like it makes both those genres watered down and not, they're not able to be their full selves. Uh, and mm. sadly, I feel the same way about this because uh, I do Uh-oh. not really like this game at all. I mean, it's like, mm. it's there's like two things of it. Of like, one is like the gameplay itself is like, it's not bad. And like, and I, I don't love coming out here and being like, I got I don't like this game, but like a lot, there's like so many people are like, oh, this they just shadow dropped game of the year already. Uh, so like people are really enjoying it. So I am clearly the outlier here, but I, the gameplay itself, like the, the actual combat is like, I think fine. It's like not, it's not bad. And I can see why other people really enjoy it. Um, I do think it comes down to like, it's so, it's so hard to get into this without just being like feeling like an asshole, but it's kind of like, it's kind of too easy. Like as far as like, I like rhythm games a lot. I like really mm. hard rhythm games. 
And this is clearly, like, I even listened to Waypoint uh, had, like, an interview with the director, like, a week or so ago. And, like, it's the problem of, like, they clearly, like, there's a ton of accessibility options on this. They want this game to be, like, for as many people as possible, which I, from, like, just a philosophical standpoint, I think is cool. And also, like, that makes sense why they would do that, because it just, the more people that can play your game, the more people that can buy your game and, you know, you know it does better and everything. Mm-hmm. But it is, I think it is just way too handholdy of like, you know, it, it is like a basic like um, action game of like, it's a heavy, heavy light attack game, you know, the classic. Um, but it's like the, I don't think at the end of the day, it works very like the rhythm, the rhythm is great. And, and like it, it, this excels in that it is a game that because of the rhythm aspects of it, can teach you how to play an action game. That's like what it's perfect for. And like, is really, I think is that is a really ingenious way of like combining them. The problem for me is that they, the it's, it's the rhythm aspects of it are what make it better for uh, a lot of people as an action game. So the rhythm aspects are helping the action part. I don't think the action parts help the rhythm part at all. And in fact, actually takes away from it quite mm. a bit uh, because it'll be just like stuff of like, you are, for me at least, when I'm playing stuff, like, I'm hitting stuff on the rhythm perfectly, basically, but because but the action stuff is getting away of, in the way of the rhythm of stuff, of, like, I'm wanting to, like, set up a combo that's in this certain rhythm, but because another enemy across the arena is shooting at me, well, I have to stop my combo because I need to dodge now or, like, dash to get out of the way, and it feels like a lot of my combos that I'm, I'm wanting to play rhythmically are getting are getting stopped short because of the actual action game is coming in and ruining it for me. Um, Qu- question. Yes. Interesting. Is so. Is the. Is the rhythm part? Do you only play the pulse of the rhythm? So it's basically that makes you're sense? needing like, to just you are you are having to. Well, okay, and this is the other thing of why it's, I, I hate being this. Yeah, how do you I play hate this, being this guy of like it's too easy, but like. You, your attacks, everything in the world, like from the background elements to your character, uh, like his, his, your character's walk cycle to the enemy's attacks, everything is on the beat. There's a constant beat of the music going on throughout the entire game, and everything lands on the beat. In fact, even when you attack, your attacks are also on the beat, and your attacks will always be on the beat, whether you actually hit the Can button on time. Now, the only difference oh. is you get extra points if you are hitting the button on the beat. So it doesn't even actually matter. So patient. Right. It doesn't even matter if you're actually, you can button match technically and like your combos are not good and your score is going to be bad, but like you could technically, I still think button match your way through the game. Um, so the reason I asked that is I, I play drums and I'm all about syncopation and like playing with the pulse, right? The yeah. pulse being one, two, three, four, right? And then like I like jumping in between and doing all the fun stuff in between the pulse. That's like, that's the fun stuff. That's the goods. Is it just straight? four on the floor the whole time do, do, well do, so and that's the thing that's is it? like Oren would be able to talk to this more because he's put in way more time than me I just played the first three levels before I was like I've, I've seen enough I don't need to like this game is in fact not for me like I thought it was and it is very like very basic like slow 4-4 four, four, like the first and I'm sure okay. later on I would ho- at least sure hope it gets way harder like faster um, later like towards the back end of the game um, but yeah, it is. That is another thing of like, also like when you're in combat, it, at least it is like 
it's still fun. Like it's, I'm having a good enough time. I would probably have kept playing it, but there is like long stretches of these levels where it's just like platforming, getting in be between arenas of combat, where also mm. you're obviously like waiting for the like this platform to open up, which is going to open up <laughs> on the beat. And there's like, for like a a thing that has rhythm elements that you're supposed to kind of be in a flow, there's a lot of waiting around for just like this platform to circle around so I can jump on it. And then I'm waiting like four beats for the next platform to come around. And it like really is like dissatisfying in my opinion. Hmm. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that's all the gameplay stuff. And that's the more like, you know, I, I, like that's the more stuff I'm okay getting it. The other, the the whole other aspect that is just like is just not for me is the what? whole riding style is just okay. awful in my opinion. I cannot stand it. Should should I get my impressions I or sh should I wait? Yeah, yeah Orn, Orn, yeah. what do you think of this game, Orn? So so yeah, like I feel like I should jump in because I like this is good because I think the last time we've had a disagreement about a game is like Death Loop. Like we're we're usually like pretty eye to eye on this podcast, mm. more or less. Anyway, yes, it wasn't. Yeah, it's okay. I I Hi-Fi Rush for me. Like first of all, I I want to say like I totally appreciate Drew all of your criticisms. I think many of them are valid. For me, playing Hi-Fi Rush was like the ending of uh, Pixar's Ratatouille when the food critic played by Peter O'Toole. He's like a skeptic coming to the Ratatouille and then he eats it and then he's transported to his childhood and he's having the Ratatouille as a child. Like to me, that was this game because it seems like it took a lot of things that I had like embedded in my youth when I was playing games between like 2001 and 2005, just kind of coming up and emerging in this video game. Like I'm thinking Jet Set Radio Future. I'm even thinking Kingdom Hearts. I'm even thinking... Um, like Devil, the first Devil May Cry, all of these games came up, and I just, I just got kind of intoxicated by it. Like I put thirty six hours into it, so I played it for a long time, and I think like what I just loved about it is that when I play games like Devil May Cry, like to me those are kind of rhythm games, but they never became rhythm games. You know what I mean? Like they're still like you're comboing to heavy metal music. You're trying to take out all these enemies at once. And the fact that they added a doot-doot-doot-doot-doot really, like, elevated it for me. And I just got to this point where I just became so just enraptured in the combat. And some of the boss fights in particular, like, um, I just felt like I was dancing in the midst of death at some points. When I got the combos down, I was hitting that beat, I was parrying. And, uh, and the music was kicking in. There was like Nine Inch Nails. And I'm just like, oh, man, this feels so great. And I love how the enemies' attacks line up with the beat as well. And I just got so into it. Hmm. Um, and I just love it. I just think it's a, a great video game. Um, I, I, do, I do agree with what Drew says about especially some of the anim enemy attacks that come long range. I, I have some criticisms of the game. I'm not like a pure fanboy. I do think the long range attacks in particular can be a little frustrating and it mm. and there isn't really like a way to counter them until you get the parries where, where you can parry the mm. attacks but um and as for the writing i think i th i had a hard time with the writing at first but for some reason i just started to really enjoy the characters like i really love chai and i really love cinnamon and I really love macaron. They're all named after like teas and sweets. And I just love that. And I just, 
the game has so many like clever running jokes that seem geared at adults. Like the game has this amazing Twin Peaks reference that comes out of nowhere. And when it happens, you know it's happening. But when they did it, I was like, oh my God, are they really doing this reference right now? Um, so yeah. it, like to me, it's like a children's game that has like an adult sensibility. Mm. It's like you're playing, like it's like watching SpongeBob. Like mm. SpongeBob will sometimes have jokes that come out of nowhere that are clearly geared for adults and not for kids. Like that's kind of how this felt mm-hmm. for me. And I don't know, I just got like kind of blown away i was just kind of blown away by it um i think i think drew is totally right though that there's too much platforming i think that was Mm. one of my big criticisms i think uh the game would have been better if it were shorter and it had more boss fights because really the best parts of the game are the boss fights like there's this amazing boss fight with um a character named mimosa and they play fiona apple's song as fast as you can which, if you guys remember, the music video was directed by Paul Thomas Anderson back in the day, who they were dating. And, like, that boss fight, I was like, oh, my God, that felt great. Like, by the end of it, I was just, like, I, I was just floating in the clouds. I couldn't believe how good that felt. I felt like I was at a concert. Um, hmm. But, anyway, I'll stop myself. That's kind of my high-level review. Um, I'll turn it back over to you guys. Um, but yeah, Wait, wait. That- so, Goaty? Contender? Oh yeah, Goaty. I think it. I, I'd be surprised okay. if it's dethroned. Okay. Honestly, I just love it. I love all the Evil Within references. Oh. There's like a billion wow, really? Evil Within references. You think references. this is the Goaty? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Oh wow! I, I this game I mean, was such a February, breath of fresh. But... Like this game was like when I started playing this game, yeah. it was like the Ratatouille moment. Like I said, I was just like, oh my all god! Right. Like this is yeah. And it's not a remake, you know. It's an original game. I'm like, finally, yeah. it's I'm yeah. not giving game of the year to like some remake or whatever. Like, come on. So, no, I love your enthusiasm, Warren. It's interesting, the contrast, because it feels like if you're a rhythm game fan, this could be not for you. But if you're an action game fan who just wants to dabble in rhythm, this, this could be your, your, your juice. What, what's up, Kev? That's actually a really good point, because I love Devil May Cry. Um, I tried to replay Devil May Cry 5 recently. And I like it. I, it just felt like a little dated. Like it needed something, like some juice. And I think this game gave me that juice, which was the do 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 do. Like, and I that made me kind of fall in love with it. Uh, one other criticism before I turn it back over to Drew. Uh, I think, I think the game, the first four boss fights of this game, I love. I like really love the first four boss fights of this game. I think the last two boss fights are like, I think they go a little too hard on some of the stuff where it becomes, starts to feel a little cheap, like just a little cheap. Like Mm. one boss in in particular has these tiny drones that are hovering around him and they light up when they're about to attack and they're just like too hard to see. I think they just like went a little too hard into that difficulty spike. And I also think like the game has this theme of, corporate capitalism and exploitation being horrible and dehumanizing and it's a great theme but the game kind of flubs it a little bit at the ending in a way that felt like a cop out Mm. but it's also a microsoft game it's also Um. a microsoft game so i get it they can't go like they can't run in that direction i get it but i was uh yeah but you know what like for the amount of flaws that i have with this game i just uh i just I, i it just felt new in a way that a video game so, hasn't felt to me in a while. Probably since Immortality. I want to ask you something, Oren. That's awesome. 
Well, if you take uh, a bunch of. You, you should. You should also ask Drew because I want Drew in the okay. conversation. Yeah, yeah, ask yeah, both ask you guys first. something then. Yeah. So if you take a bunch of uh, survival horror developers, right, and then you have them make an action game, you get Onimusha, you get Devil May Cry, you get Bayonetta, and now you get Hi-Fi Rush. What's the best survival horror developer Ooh. action game? Is this is this at that level of Bayonetta and Devil May Cry? Probably about Onimusha, I'm assuming. I mean, my my answer is going to be Hi-Fi Rush because I just I really mean, over any of those games. Yeah, I think so because like I think uh, I would have said Devil May Cry, but I tried playing Devil May Cry recently, and I don't. Maybe I was just like in a bad mood, but it just like felt dated to me. I don't know which one. Devil the May Cry game? Five, no Five. Oh, maybe I should replay the first game. But I did. First love- game is the shit. The first one's probably the best one because it has the most Resident Evil DNA, and it's by Shinji Mikami. It does. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like Hi-Fi Rush, it kind of like reinvigorated the character action genre for me. Like I was kind of, I don't know. I just played God of War Ragnarok, and I just hated every moment of it. I was just well, okay, that's not true. I loved <laughs> yeah. parts of God of wait War minute, Ragnarok. Wait a minute, you said you liked it. You said seven out of ten, no, eight out of ten. No, yeah, yeah. I, I loved a lot this of God two of War podcasts Ragnarok. today. You've brought that fucking game up. You love it so much. You talk about it every <laughs> podcast. Jesus, even a Dracula podcast. You talked about it. Oh fuck, you're right. Oh my god, maybe I do love God of War Ragnarok. It's, it's coming something about himself. It's like an abusive relationship some, or something. I'm learning um, something about myself. But um, but yeah, no, it's uh, I just man, I just always wanted like a rhythm game like this where I'm just like doing combos to like nine inch nails or the flaming lips. And I'm just like feeling great doing it. I'm like, it's just, I just, I just hope that for the next game, they kind of tone down some of the platforming. Not that I don't like the platforming. It's just not the highlight of the game. Like, I think they should just tone it down, have more boss fights, have more, um, like more of a song selection. Um, that's kind of what I'm thinking, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of right potential. And I cannot believe that, the guy who directed the evil within two made this game like what the fuck it's like so different <laughs> it's just crazy that's awesome but anyway all right true true back to you to uh give me some heat i want to feel the heat i mean we, like you know i feel like i said the majority i mean i don't even really want to go into like the stuff i don't like about the writing because it's just again a lot of it like Warren was saying is comedic and like comedy is just so subjective you know it's just it's just not for me yeah um for sure and you know i feel like i kind of said my piece on the gameplay i though i guess i just want to i want to ask Orin what or just see what your opinion is like i was thinking while i'm playing this of like like i've had this little pet idea that like almost every game is like rhythm games are the most pure form of a video game because every other genre is in some way almost a rhythm game and like so like for me even like like we all like the Souls games here. You know, the Souls games, is, are, to me, are also, in ways, rhythm games, especially, like, a boss fight. Like, I think of, like, I always think of, like, the Atorius fight where, like, he does the big overhead, like, spinning, like, ground pound slash where you have to wait till, like, the very last second to dodge either side. It's, like, there's a rhythm to all those fights, right? Um, sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, and that's where, like, I feel like... I guess I kind of just want to know more how you feel... Like, do you feel like the rhythm is just giving you... Do you feel like the rhythm is just an extra nice thing and, like, you like the music? Or do you feel like it's actually making you play the game differently? Because that's, like, where, like, I'm thinking of, like, Souls. Like, Souls already is a rhythm 
action game in a sense. It just doesn't have, you're not playing to the music. Do you think playing to the music actually adds anything, like, substantial to the gameplay itself, or is it just, like, a nice extra part of the aesthetic? Which is fair if it is, um, but I kind of want to know how you feel about that. I think that's a really fair point. Um, I think how I feel about it is that there's something about playing to the music that's so satisfying to me, and I like how the game um, times the enemy attacks to the beat as well, so I'm able to predict mm. it, because that's always been a problem. I know, I'm going to bring up God of War Ragnarok again, but God of War Ragnarok is a good example of this, because sometimes the attacks will be coming from behind you, and like mm. instead of... And the game like will have an arrow, and it will light up red when the enemy is attacking. So lame that they thought that was a good solution yeah, to a sucks. wider field of view. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Exactly. That's like that's exactly Let's have arrows. It. So like the fact that the game like is able to subconsciously signal to you when an enemy is going to attack because of the beat, I think that solved that problem perfectly. Because like I know that like the attack is coming, and I have to parry it. And I know that, like the, I just need to time it to that beat to hit it. And uh, when I really started to get into that meta hmm. of it, the game became so satisfying. Um, and uh, the game also really All thought right. of a lot of stuff too. Like the game, even you can unlock an attack where if an enemy shoots you from across the map and you parry it, if you press a certain button right after that, one of your teammates will go over and attack him. So, so there's like an offensive uh, um, kind of jujitsu thing you can do with the parrying, and um, I don't know. It's just it's just like a really deep, like a really deep hmm. uh, character action game that has so many different attacks you can. They do, do yeah. Like they add a lot. Yeah. Even the three levels, like each level, they were adding something new every time. To the point of like, I mean, again, hmm. the, the hater of Hi-Fi Rush, I was like, I don't even really do I need no, all funny. this stuff, but like. I mean, yeah, they mm. do. It, I would not be surprised if, like, even the last level, they're still adding new stuff to the combat. Hmm. Yeah, it's... They go a little overboard, like I said earlier. I think they right. go a little overboard with the last couple boss fights, but I think uh, overall, it, like, when it feels good, it feels really good. And um, I think... Question. Uh, yeah. Do you think that if you know a song, does that help with the boss fight like like if you know like the nine inch nails song like does he say like when he does the chorus the perfect drug the perfect drug like does he do like a spin attack like to keep the like chorus like is, is it the attacks line up with the song or is it just like it's just with the beat of the song so yeah, i'm saying because like, like songs have structures right right and like they have they have, they have parts for verses or or whatever that may carry on for a different amount of time but like if their attacks lined up with like the song's theme or or you know stanza line or or chorus number of repeats that would be really cool i think it works better in the earlier boss fights than in the final boss fights because i think i actually think the perfect drug it's one of the final boss fights in the game and i think it's just a little too hard to discern the beat of that song in my opinion mm. but like for the fiona mm. apple song for the flaming lips song <clears throat> that they use uh there's another nine inch nails song they use earlier on it's like a lot easier to discern the beat and they do line up the enemy attacks with it and it's awesome like uh there's this giant robot and it goes like do 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 with the lasers do 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 and it's just really mm. cool timing it to that beat um but yeah like i'd say like it works 80 percent of the time to be honest maybe 75 uh i think I, in the final okay. boss fights they go a little too far I will say, hmm. 
do not play if you like just look at the soundtrack list of like oh these are the songs of the game i would not play this game just because there's songs that you like in it because they're not in it like i knew there was like a streamer mode beforehand i was like oh that's kind of like that's gonna be weird because i thought like the like the whole level was gonna be like you know licensed music uh so i was like damn if you've turned streamer mode that's gonna be like a completely different game like i realized you can just beat match it you know but like a damn Mm. the like i mean and le- like again i only played the first three levels but through those like this license music only comes in for the boss fights and so like right 75 percent of the level you're just going to be listening to the the music that they made for the game which again music is subjective but i think it's really kind of generic and lame like it's just like it's real nothing hmm. generic rock music that just doesn't do anything for me uh so that's another yeah. like problem i have of just like this music like I mean, a rhythm game, you gotta like the music, you know, or at least, like, even even if you don't have to, you don't necessarily have to like the music, because there's plenty of, like, uh, you know, songs in Guitar Hero or Rock Band or what, like, I wouldn't just listen to the song on, you know, my iPod back in the day or whatever, but I liked playing them. But the game, mm-hmm. for, you know, again, it's just hardly any of it's working for me to begin with, but, like, it's not making me appreciate the music, and then me not liking the music on top of that is just making it even worse of I'm just, like, this is kind of just real generic stuff to me i I think that's fair i i think i'll concede and say that i think if they they were going to make a sequel to this game which i feel like might be likely considering how well received it is yeah i think i think they should make the game like a little shorter cut down on the platforming have more boss fights with licensed music like i think that would i would definitely agree i would really like that yeah Hmm. but um but yeah like i think it is uh i think like what intox made it kind of more intoxicating to me is like i do agree that the music in the non-boss fights aren't like particularly it's not like amazing but i think what i loved about it is i just loved seeing how the environment syncs up to the music (laughs) and i just like technically it's really impressive yeah like Hmm. i i think that's what sold me like seeing this the smoke come out of the uh air ducts like or whatever at like times like yeah i mean like, like literally so cool. everything in the environment moves to the beat of the music and that's like i'll catch like also i should like give them a break because like it's obviously like all procedural like they and even the boss fights it's not like they just like play the song on loop it's like they're bringing parts of the chorus it's not like you're just listening to the song like loading it up on yeah, itunes like... you know it's procedural and they're just bringing in certain parts of the song when you get to certain stages mm-hmm. of the boss fight and everything so and also like when they're so when they're coming up with music for like the rest of the level they have to make it to where it can be modular and bring in different parts of it so it's not like they're just trying to make a a dope rock song you know sure yeah yeah yeah. all right well that i gotta check that game out uh it sounds cool i'm glad that you liked it oren and uh sorry i didn't like it drew but games are subjective i i like i like this though i feel like it's been overdue that we've had like kind of differing perspectives on this podcast i feel like right you know titanfall too shit yeah um yeah i I should start going (laughs) hard on certain things that aaron likes the Uh, last time it was pretty contentious was death loop that was the last like death loop i thought you were just milk toast on death loop and i wasn't that uh, i don't feel like that was contentious anyone like that game well i liked it all right mediocre zach didn't like it or thought it it was mediocre it's mediocre I thought it was fine. I thought it was like a 7 yeah. out of 10 game. Yeah, 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 yeah. sure. Like, not uh, as good okay, as it guys. should have been for an arcane product. I'll say that. That I 
I'm right there with you, unfortunately. Uh, Talk about writing. Speaking of shadow dropping, quickly, yeah. Metroid Prime Remastered, guys. Uh, this Nintendo dropped this three, four nights ago. Um, it long rumored, but nobody knew it was in production. Uh, I looked at the price tag; it was forty bucks, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Nintendo tax. I thought it was just like an up res, but it's actually like it's basically a full remake of the and game. It's just they're apparently it's they're just using Prime, this, right? It's not like all three. It's just Prime, oh, but they three. remade every. No, 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 no. It's uh, just Prime. They remade every texture. It looks like a really oh, beautiful Switch. Wait, it's game. forty bucks for just Prime. Yes. Well, it's seventy bucks for Demon Souls Remastered. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's but, uh, but that's a that's a remake. I, I don't know. That's like a full. No, this is a full remake. That's what I. That's what I just every, said. Did they redo all the character? Every the texture has been remade. If you look at it's the side like by side Demon's conversions, Souls, it's not Go even on. the same game. Well, it's on the Switch, so it doesn't have PS5. But I mean, graphics, it's not. It's, I bet the, the fidelity of the remake. No, no. no watch. Comparable. Go. Go right now. Watch side by side. I will. We'll it see. does not look. We'll see. I'm gonna hold you. It looks like a beautiful Switch game. How many particle effects? I'm telling you. Yeah, I, it's what, what? Yeah, it's it's a good looking game. I played a bit of it. The controls are way, 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 way better. Um, and uh, I don't know, Metroid Prime's pretty fun. So, so you're playing it with Metroid like Prime, the motion controls, yeah. right? Or are you still? Oh, okay. no, cool, because like that's I remember <laughs> I bought I like on an oh impulse. Oh my god, am I 13 years when, old? Because uh, <laughs> they released the trilogy for Wii or Wii U at one point, like. Mm. Um, yeah, they and do, they added yeah. in back the Wiimote uh, control for all of those. And I remember, like, I bought, like, it, they, I think they did the same thing of, like, they announced it on a direct, and I think you could just buy it that day. And I, like, it, mm. much younger me, Impulse, bought it because that's the thing I would used to do. Uh, and I was, like, I mean, like, oh, I don't like, I mean, I didn't really like motion controls to begin with, but I think it really makes it, it's like the the twin snakes thing of like once you have like uh first person in metal gear solid one just completely breaks the game i feel like once you have like yeah full oh, motion yeah. like uh, like a full cursor movement in prime it's so hurt, like it's too easy it is too easy that is the maybe the one knock mm-hmm. i would say is they definitely did not adjust the difficulty so you are with with full you know twin stick controls you are just dominating the little bugs but um so the exploration is still good the game looks great Runs well. It's pretty fun to play in handheld. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I liked it. Do you think you're going to finish it? Uh, maybe. I've been really enjoying playing handheld games uh, for some reason, which is crazy. I guess what it what it what my old eyes needed was a fucking screen that was big enough to see. Game Boy Game Boy Advance was not that, uh, yeah. or, or I guess even the the DS. But um, yeah, I, I think I might finish it. I mean, it's. I don't think it's that long of a game. I think it's like a ten or fifteen hour game. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, my head's like I twenty, I but I think that games. was also like twelve year old me not knowing where the fuck I was going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, I like it. Uh, speaking of uh, other games that have been re released, uh, that uh, you know, it looks pretty good. Aren't... I'm actually at the footage here. It looks quite good. Yeah. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here, you hater! I, oh I no. Said good, but come here. To compare Demon Souls. Get the fuck no, out of here. No, it's not with a that, PS5 okay? game. I'm saying it's no, remade. But it's the, remade. The, the, <laughs> It's it's like they remeshed the they they did a lot. No 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 they no no they remade all the textures. I, I looked it up because I, I was surprised. The, I look at the character meshes too. They've also been up. They have their yeah. new character meshes. There's new particles I see. Um, all right, let's talk about Goldeneye real quick. Does Goldeneye hold up, Oren? They really should have just released the 360 version. No shit. Dude, yeah. if they did, I would have been a much. I would have <laughs> I mean, played. I haven't played this yet. You can play that. Well, I, I have can't play this. I actually did go play it. <laughs> I have it, it on PC. <laughs> okay. I mean, I still think it's fun, but it feels like a missed opportunity. 
you know like it's like they really should have either released the 360 version or at least you know hired a team to remaster it properly because it still kind of runs like butt uh like the frame rate goes between like 20 and 30 Mm. frames and it's like okay and (laughs) i mean i still like the game like it's the first video game i ever played like goldeneye that was my introduction to games so obviously oh really yep that was my first game i played it when i was seven years old that's a good one to start with i loved it it was it's it's i mean it's still fun but it's kind of a hard Mm -hmm. recommendation because it could have been so much better you know in my opinion yeah it's like when you talk about games that need remakes and games that don't dead space didn't need a remake but i appreciate it uh goldeneye needs a re-fucking-make well that's like another one too we're having like twin state like being able to move the cursor around easily and just shoot wherever like oh i God. i haven't played it but i've watched uh next lander stream a little bit of it and like i'm like boy i also was like uh yeah. watching like so like brad was the one playing it and apparently he never actually played the game when it like this was the first time he was actually playing the campaign played yeah and he, so he's like fumbling okay. around like doesn't immediately know where to just go in every level to just beat it like <laughs> in like two seconds and i was like damn how did like like when did golden Knight come out like 96 97 you know like yeah. so i'm like yeah. i was like six or seven when i played it. i'm like and like i'm like not, like i can't even like read very well and like uh, uh, like i'm definitely not reading in video games and i'm like damn how did i like beat this game as a child with like just fumbling Dude, around it's hard Dude, if you put it on the higher difficulties, you got to do weird shit you that you're like, so what? Yeah, what like, that I don't even yeah, know yeah, what yeah, to do. Yeah, it's like you need to go to this like nondescript computer in the corner of this room, and apparently that's the objective. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> I had to do that? I remember okay. that was the first game I ever speed ran, because to unlock the cheat codes, you have to speed in the levels on different difficulties to do it. So I actually was like was mastering all the levels as a kid, I remember, to get all the codes. I remember getting the golden PP7 on Cradle on Double Agent. It was like the most satisfying thing, like finally unlock that cheat code. <laughs> so I could use the golden PP7 every level. It's so mm. fun. Yeah. But this version, I, I haven't played it, but I saw footage of it on Digital Foundry, and not only does it look jacked up, but it also... The, there's this weird stutter, like there's this 30 right. FPS stutter lock on it. It doesn't it feel just, good. It just looks yeah. bad. It just looks yeah. fucked up. I mean, they tripled the frame rate. It still feels bad. So, yeah. It's but so he was dumb. saying that he was showing that like the original N64 version, the stutter was not present. That that's in this one, even at low right. frame rate. There's some kind of lock. There's on some it. funky yeah. stutter on this version that looks that makes it just feel it's, like shit. Apparently. I played it for a bit. It's it's all right. It's playable. Um, what happened like to the 4G saying, Studios one? What? Why, why did we get Perfect Dark? Why you can download it? it. It's available. I know, but why didn't? It, why couldn't they release that? Was MGM not? I, I bet Nintendo. you money. Nintendo. Yeah, Nintendo. Nintendo. <laughs> it's always Nintendo. It's always Nintendo. Apparently, Nintendo's been the one who's been blocking uh, this forever. Yep. Yeah. It's such garbage. Yeah. It's so. Uh... Yeah, it's disappointing. I mean, I still get some satisfaction from it. Like, I like like playing the silo mission, and you have an AK-47, and you're just mowing down, like, six enemies at once. Just like, boom, 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 boom. Like, it still feels good. And, like, the feedback feels good. But, yeah, I just wish yeah. it was better. I wish it was a better port. You know, this, this is actually feeling good, as you say. I, I had to fuck with controls, and it made me wonder, like, there's a dead zone adjustment. Why would you ever want to have... A uh, a pre travel on your stick before you move the dead zone 
so to speak. I don't understand. Like the game by default has like this goofy dead zone where you have to press, you have to move the stick like, I don't know, an eighth of an inch before anything happens. So it feels really unresponsive. If you get rid of it, it feels much more responsive. Does anybody yeah. know why this is a thing? Bad, bad it's just developer. Like, God, lazy is not the right yeah. word, but screwed up. I don't know. You gotta, some mess you gotta up. feel like you're bond and you had one too many martinis. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's the motivation. So, like, it's sad uh, because, like, everyone's saying, like, why are you complaining that GoldenEye finally came out? It's like, God, we just wanted it to be perfect. We wanted it to be. Or just, we wanted, I don't know, so many games are getting fucking remade, they can't remake this game. To, and, and we know there's a version of the game that's basically finished that's way better. That's really good. So, it's, there's, so there's two. It's insult I, to injury. I, I was playing that version, and I played the surface oh, yeah. level. And I was yeah. like, this was the, my favorite level as a kid. Um, right, the clouds two. are gone now. Well, yes, but the I fog. thought this this surface level, this is like the first like Far Cry or like Crisis. Like yeah. this is like yeah, a big totally. open level with like objectives, non-linear. It's open. It's like, you know, open mm-hmm. for an N64 game, which is like the size of Hyrule yeah. Field basically, but still it was like at the time <laughs> really cool. I'm like GoldenEye was such a such a trip that game. Mm. Yeah, go the first playing the first GoldenEye was so awesome. Or and it's but it's like again frustrating because it's like Perfect Dark exists and it has an amazing remaster available on Game Pass. Like, why couldn't we just get that for Goldeneye? I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. I think apparently 4J did them like back to back. Like, and I remember buying the hmm. Perfect Dark one way back in like 2010 or 11. Yeah, so it just it just sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, if only a modern game would take some of those principles of using gadgets and uh, nonlinear level design and multiple <laughs> objectives and kind of being a secret agent and 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 do something with it now. Yeah, well, I wonder what a game exist. like that would be. Wolfenstein. It's Wolfenstein? actually a good shooter too. It's actually a good shooter. Uh, I, yeah, I think, I think he exist. was doing a segue. Uh, he was doing yeah, a that was a hitman segue. <laughs> Poo-pooed because it's He's not doing, accurate. He just sunk the segue. <laughs> it's wrong. <laughs> hitman was like, is not Goldeneye. Get out of here. No, it's You're not, right, it's but it's, it's the closest. <laughs> not better. It's, uh, it's way better, yeah. No, it's worse. But um, Hitman 2016 is my Titan favorite 2 game sucks. of all time. So <laughs> right. I don't care. Uh, Hitman released a mode that honestly is game of the year. Come on, let's be honest. Freelancer uh, mode. Honestly, uh, or, or. you might be right. I know this what is the third time. Rush? This, this is Damn, like the no. third time this uh, podcast where I was like, Dead Space, game of the year. Hi-Fi Rush, yeah. Game of the Year. And now we're at Hitman Freelancer mode. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe this is Game of the Year. So fickle. So <laughs> fickle. What does Hitman <laughs> Freelancer mode do? Can yeah, you, what is can it? you set this up? Just tell me about so it. So people tell who don't understand it. it, understand it. So Hitman Freelancer mode, The high, my high-level thoughts on it is that it's like Hitman crack. Okay? So, like, they... <laughs> They just put in a bunch of really addictive gameplay loops into one thing. Um, and basically what you do is that it's a roguelike mode. So You've lost you me. T- <laughs> you lost me. <laughs> Same. What? You lost me. You've but lost it's not me. a roguelike with, with randomized levels. Or at least randomized levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, so here, let me say what you do. Basically, like, you have your, like, little uh, hub world, <clears throat> which is your, like, island house or whatever. And you... you start in the bunker and you have a bunch of dossiers and like it tells you which levels you're going to play through throughout the campaign and then you select that level to get rid of a criminal syndicate and you can play the levels in any order and they're all pre-existing hitman levels like paris sapienza whatever and you you play through all of these levels and the goal is to not die and to successfully complete these levels and you can do optional side objectives uh, to enhance the amount of money that you can 
get because there are merchants in each level where you can buy arms. And But the caveat is, is that if you die while you have that equipment on you, you lose it forever. But if you survive the level, you can robot. keep it into your house. So, so the game has this really addictive gameplay loop where you're trying to do these roguelite-style campaign missions, but the rewards you get enhance the inventory you have, but it also enhances the house that you live in. So the way I would describe it is it's like, what if Hitman had Animal Crossing elements? I say Animal Crossing, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 literally <laughs> Animal Crossing. It's Hitman Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing? Yeah. That's, that's us. Okay. Yeah. Thousand sure. percent. I, I never played it. Is the mayor yeah. going to come and make you pay a bunch of bells? Oh, God. No, <laughs> but you can knock on the door. But you, you, you can unlock like a, a helicopter, a helipad. You can unlock like more stuff, more parts of your uh, house, and uh, you get more items the more you unlock. And the game is just this severely yeah, this is... addictive gameplay loop. And I, uh, I actually cleared a campaign uh, completely. That's crazy. I can't believe I did it, but the game just raises the stakes of Hitman so much because, like, when you fail a mission in hitman it's like fuck i failed a mission but like when you fail a mission and it is your 14th mission in a campaign run the tension is just so palpable it's like if i miss this sniper shot i'm gonna alert all of these guards and they're all gonna know where i am and then i'm fucked and i have to start this whole thing over and that happened to me and it sucked and i almost threw my controller at the wall but like <laughs> that tension felt great <laughs> It felt so good. I haven't yeah. felt that level of That's tension cool. in a single-player game in a long time. I can't even remember the last time I felt that tension in a single-player game. Like, I was like, like there's so oh, much yeah. at stake. And I think that's what resonates me the most about this mode is that, like, it's transformed Hitman into less of a playground and more of, like, a, like you better not fuck this up. Like, the, like so much yeah. is riding on this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I love what you're saying here like the thing so the problem with stealth games in general is that a you can save scum right, right. save scumming like ruins yeah. stealth games it actually ruins the way i play it um or well any any game that you can save scum and stealth is important the other th problem is that a lot of stealth games you can depopulate a level right so you're not you're just not really stealthing so much as you're just like removing game objects so that you can just freely walk through the level. Hitman, you cannot depopulate any levels, um, and you in Hitman Freelancer, you cannot save scum. So like you like the thing that makes Hitman so great is building up a plan and trying to execute on it. And the thing that makes Freelancer so great and and also high level Hitman is like getting your plan fucked up and then rebounding and, and having to like come up with a new plan on the fly, and like going with the flow. Um, cause normally in Hitman, if you come, walk around a corner and a guard sees you, you just go up, oh, load, save, go back. Like you don't even fucking deal with the guard, but now like you have to deal with the guard. So like, now it's like I walk around a corner and I'm trying to get into this building totally undetected guard sees me. So I like throw an iron, you know, an iron at his face, knock him out. Then another person's like, Oh my God. And you have to like chase down the witness and like gives you like a little witness thing. It's, it, it just makes the game so much different. Um, it's so much more of a pure stealth game. Like I think this is like the best stealth game of all time, specifically this mode. It, you know, it's funny that you say that about like plans going awry. I know Drew has seen this movie. I don't know if you, if Kevin or Aaron have seen this movie, but have you guys seen Michael Mann's Collateral with Tom Cruise and mm -hmm. Jamie Fox? There's like a there's like a nightclub scene in that movie where like Tom Cruise's plan is going completely awry. 
and he has to just like improvise. So he's just going through the nightclub, just like taking out guards and just trying to get to his target. And he's taking his gun out, shooting guys. Like that's mm-hmm. how this mode feels to me. It's like when plans goes go awry, it's like, oh man, I have to take out these three guards fast, or else I'm gonna alert everybody. So I'll just like take out my pistol, like shoot two of them, and then I'll like melee the other one, and then I'll change this disguise, evade the scene, and I'm clear. And it's like, okay, I only yeah. have like 15 seconds to do this, and it's like I don't think I've seen a stealth game really capture that feeling because again, save scumming, like you can just be like, oh, I fucked up. I'll just load. I fucked up. But in this, it's yeah. like, oh, man, I have to improvise fast. And another thing that's so great about this mode is that um, in the original Hitman game games, like, if you have a lockpick and a silence pistol, you're pretty much good. Like, you don't need to, like... A god. You're a god. You're basically yeah. a god. In this game, if you don't have those two things, you really have to, like, look for stuff in the environment. So... Whenever I see a crowbar in the level, I'm like, oh, I'm taking it. Like, I need that crowbar. So, like, I find myself grabbing objects a lot more. Like, if I see a kitchen knife, I'm taking it. If I see a screwdriver, I'm taking it. Like, you really are forced to use objects in the environment in the way that the original game does not encourage. Yeah. No, it's incredible. Because you start without anything and getting a hold of those items is really primitively uh, difficult. The other thing that's so good about this is... I think if you're a hitman expert like Oren, who's played all these levels to death and really knows the levels, you're going to be really good at it. But if it's like me, who's a little bit of a lapsed hitman, maybe didn't play the third game's levels as much, like it's forcing me to engage with levels that I didn't play with in new and interesting ways. So like, it's just like they have three games with some of the best level design in in you know stealth game history, and they put them all together into this new mode that just does everything I would ever want out of a stealth game. It's so good. I'm like. The one thing, though, the one thing about this mode, whenever I see a campaign with Colorado in the campaign, oh God, me too. I, I just me too. I, I, I skip. I skip it. Yeah. I, I, Colorado, Colorado is like the worst map. Yeah. For, for like the layman here, like, yeah, Colorado is like infamously the worst map in Hitman. So whenever I see Colorado, I'm like, I'm not playing it. Uh, it's because that one, if you get spotted, you immediately are they're hostile. Right. Well, it's just it's uh, just uh, everyone has like machine guns. No. It's like everyone's too overpowered. It's kind of a boring map. Like I just, it's it, a boring map. It has like a really ugly drab Call of Duty gray color tone to everything, and it's like that completely goes against the ethos of Hitman. He the the cool thing about Hitman is going to like a foreign exotic location. Everything's colorful. You feel like James Bond, and Colorado is just against that whole ethos. So I just never play it. Mm. Um, but, but anyway, is this only for Hitman three. Oh, so we should say yeah. Hitman three no longer exists, and now it's Hitman: The World of Assassination, which is a singular product that, if you owned Hitman three, will turn into that, which includes all of the maps from all of the games. What if you own Hitman two? Got to buy Hitman: World of Assassination. Oh, okay. Is there at least like a discount of like a yeah. fifteen dollar upgrade charge? Yeah. Is there like a like a? Uh, well, I think it's you actually need a flow chart. Oh, it's on Game Pass. I, should oh, say. I have I Hitman it's on Game Steam Pass. It solves everything. Oh, it's on Game Pass. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who needs to buy it? I mean, this game's got always online. Someday, the servers are going to go oh. off and you're going to be able to play this game. Or maybe, I guess maybe you can play in offline mode. I don't know. It's 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 disconcerting. I, I, I hope that's not true. I hope that they... That, that has always been the Achilles heel of the Hitman games, is that they're always online. But um, I... Uh, <sighs> 
I just love them so much. I can't keep playing. I mean, Hitman, I don't think I've played a game more in my life than Hitman 2016. Hmm. I just, I've played that game hmm. so much. It's, it's pretty much my favorite game of all time. I just, it's, it's everything I want from a video game. So the fact that they're still innovating and they're still doing cool shit with this franchise and they've released like maybe the best thing they've ever done this year. It's like, yeah, it's insane. Yeah. yeah. It's insane. It's it's, really it's, cool. it's it's good. I, I I will say one last point before we kick off of this topic. Uh, when we did our Game of the Year awards for 2020 or 2021, what year did Hitman 3 come out? 2021. 2021. Orin was like, I will disqualify this game because it's basically just more Hitman 2. And like it, it, at the time, if you were to think, oh, what would I want from a sequel? Like you would want a sequel that like up the ante in some substantive way. Like this is the mode that does that. Um, so like this feels like the proper sequel to the to the Hitman games we've been, we've been getting. Like it really almost feels like a separate game because it's so it's so dramatically uh, different. I guess yeah. I wonder where. I'm really curious. I know it's February, but I'm really curious to see how Game of the Year plays out because I might just be like, Hitman's my Game of the Year again. <laughs> hitman world of assassination yeah it's a new game it's like... uh all right we gotta we gotta stop talking about hitman but uh uh what is delta rune okay. it's a toby fox game right delta rune is a video game by the developer toby fox creator of undertale maybe you've heard of it nice. if you've been on the internet since 2015 you have maybe heard of it uh yeah i played so before before I went ahead and played Hi-Fi Rush, which was kind of a last-minute thing to have more things to talk on the podcast, I was like, "Well, I need to put, like I need to have something to talk about." So I was like, "Let me use like I had played like some, you know, I just finished like a year-long kind of project of trying to replay all the Halo games co-op. So I finished that. I played Her Story recently, but I was like, I need something. I want something that I've played a little more recently. I was like, let me use this as an example or a, an excuse to play something I've been putting off. So I loaded up my steam library and it's like you know what i i never actually got around to playing chapter two of delta room i played chapter one when it came out and i actually replayed chapter one again like a year or so ago because i was like well it's been so long i need to replay chapter one before i replay chapter two and then i replayed chapter one and never actually i still never got around to playing chapter two but it's like well okay this is my excuse so i'm gonna it's only like three or four hours i can i can use this as an excuse to finally play it and I was, like, curious how, like, like, I mean, Undertale came out in 2015, which I'm sad to report is actually a long time ago now, even though it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> Eight <laughs> years. Yeah. I know. Um, and just, like, also the cultural phenomenon that Undertale became. And, like, I, I enjoyed Delta Room Chapter 1 when I played it, but even that was 2018, which, as I'm sad to report, is also still kind of a long time ago now. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so it's kind of, like, especially with the whole, like, you know, recent discourse about Forspoken and, like, cringy dialogue and everything like that, I was like, I kind of wonder how this will hold up. I'm a little concerned that maybe actually I'm going to be like, I actually don't like this anymore. Uh, but uh, unlike Hi-Fi Rush, I'm happy to report it's still really, really good. Uh, and that's where, like, the subjectivity of, like, y- you know, I-, I find Hi-Fi Rush's writing style completely just, uh, uh, like, abhorrent to me like it just repel repulses me uh, but undertale's writing style does that for plenty of people too and like i don't like i can't criticize before i mean like it's very it's very much not for some people but i mean like very few like it's still there's like multiple times where i'm like literally laughing out loud at 
this joke this game is doing. And I do think there is something of like I think there there is something to be said for like Forspoken like became like a whole meme of like you people sharing the clips on Twitter of whatever of all the like the dialogue scenes and whatnot. And I think there is two things that are important there of like one, Undertale and Deltarune are obviously completely text based. There's no voice acting, which is a it seems like a no duh like thing, but is a huge, huge thing about why it works. Because like, you know, Undertale mm. is extremely like the humor is extremely like I was on Tumblr in like 2010 or whatever, which is even weird because I was also not on Tumblr in 2010, but it still works for me for some reason. But, you know, that's the vibe. And, you know, that's a very text-based, mm. like, style of writing and humor. So keeping it text-based actually, I think, is a big help to that versus, like, Forspoken is, like, once you have someone, like, literally saying, like, lol out loud, like, it gets real cringe real fast, obviously, right? Um, yeah, I think also th there's a, the thing about for not to go back to Hi-Fi Rush, but like to me the thing the weird thing about the Forspoken discourse is, is like I don't think it's any like the the writing of that it doesn't come off any different to me than Hi-Fi Rush, other than the fact that Forspoken is intentionally uh, like um, like anachronistic, right? Like it is like this modern character in a like fantasy setting, and it's like funny that like someone's like saying fuck in like a fantasy world, right? Like versus like other things like delta rune or hi-fi rush it's like it's more int intentionally cohesive of like it's like this fantastical setting uh and like i guess delta rune still has like it's 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 anachronistic but in a different way anyway delta rune is oh. a really good okay. game <laughs> is it I, I, know, I know you want to talk about delta yeah. rune, but i do want to add to that because i've been thinking about this go ahead um because I think God of War Ragnarok. Uh, <laughs> I was <laughs> I was thinking about this because I was like, why do I find why do I find this type of dialogue annoying in that game and not in something like Hi-Fi Rush? And I do think a lot of it has to do with implementation, because in God of War Ragnarok, and I'm sure Forspoken's like this as well. I know for a fact Horizons like this based on word of mouth, but. I think, like, in God of War Ragnarok, there's never, like, a moment where, like, it's silent, where the game is silent. The game is, like, constantly narrating what it wants you to do constantly. Hi-Fi Rush, like, when it wants to just be an action game, it's it's quiet for the most part. Like, in God of War Ragnarok, it's, like, the first time it will tell you, oh, there's loot in this loot box, but it will never stop. It will just keep telling you, oh, if you look in that chest, there's going to be loot in there. And, like, I think that lack of silence is what drove me crazy about God of War Ragnarok. Like, the game constantly felt the need to talk all the time. It's like that insecure friend who's, like, constantly, like, are you having a good time? Are you having a good time? Or, like, that date, like we talked about. But I, I just wanted to bring that up because I've been thinking about that so much. Like, I think a lot of it is implementation for me. I'm so glad mm. that we're all having this conversation because I feel like I've been complaining about this for so long. Like characters excessively blathering with stupid dialogue. Like I'm such a freewheeling, quirky goofball. Look at me, <laughs> constantly. And it's like shut up. The weird thing is, you could totally me? describe Undertale and Deltarune is that, and it just. But like, <laughs> I think the th the thing is that like it's you know. But it's more like, but it's more restrained. I think. Well, like Undertale like. Like when it like when it talks, it's intentional. Like in God of War Ragnarok, it's like actually like they won't stop talking. Like even when mm. there's nothing happening, Mimir has to spout some anecdote about some god. It's like just stop talking for like five minutes so I can just enjoy this game. Like you know, I, <laughs> but like it just can't do that. 
<laughs> I think there is like a key a key component is that like for better or worse like the writing in Undertale and Deltarune is like is Toby Fox that is clearly this one dude's sense of humor and so it feels earnest in that way versus a lot of these other ones just sound like you know writers hired to kind of write a game in the style of the modern like video game or like Marvel movie right so like there's there's a genuine feel it may not be for you, but there is a genuine feel to the humor and writing of Deltarune and Undertale that I think if it works for you, makes it work for you in a way that a lot of those other things don't, which is at the end of the day, like why, like, you know, like, like I think Deltarune is interesting in that, like, like even chapter two, like it's interesting is just like, is when Deltarune is all going to be done, because for anyone who doesn't know, like chapter one and chapter two got released like uh a couple years apart and there's going to be supposedly as of right now there's going to be seven total chapters uh chapter one and chapter mm -hmm. two came out they're they're still free you can play them for free right now but uh toby fox is waiting to release th until the next batch until he has chapter three four and five all done and you will have to pay for those but it's a weird thing of like mm. When it's all done, like, will it do the Hitman thing of, like, once all of Deltarune is done, will it just become one solid game that then you just buy that game and you're buying now Deltarune? Because it's, like, Chapter 1 and Chapter 2 are, like, like Chapter 2... Chapter 1 iterates on stuff in Undertale in a very smart way as far as, like, the gameplay stuff. And even then, Chapter 2 is now iterating on stuff that Chapter 1 did and, like, it was, like, a clear, like, I've I've had more time to sit with this, I'm working on this game, it is a, a thing I am continually working on and I'm improving like the combat system and stuff so it's like it's almost like in a weird way like chapter one and chapter two are their own games and then like chapter three four and five will be kind of like their own game because i assume he will probably continue iterating more and then whatever he does for the last two chapters so it's like it's interesting in that sense of like truly episodic but also like not like taking years like it's both episodic and like singular releases in a way um because like it's i like it, it's very like it's very interesting in that like i don't like i it's missing a certain like i enjoy it and i have a good time playing it and i would recommend anyone if you liked undertale you should definitely play these at some point but it is missing a certain something i feel like when I when I think like in the moment I'm enjoying it, but when I think back on it now, like Undertale is a singular package that you can just play all the way through. It has like all the good comedies, spots, and everything that I think are still present in Deltarune. But there is missing a certain like kind of overarching grandeur to it. Like you know, by the time you get to the end of Undertale, like it's very over the top and like dramatic and you know very very bombastic versus because you're technically still only playing the first two sevenths of a story like you're still we're still very much in the like kind of good times just have fun like all the villain like each like chapter one and chapter two have their own singular villains and they're just complete comedy goofball guys like there's no there's mm -hmm. no real seriousness to anything which on one hand i kind of feel like when i think back i'm like i feel like i'm kind of missing that like i wish i had a little bit more of that but also it's like i'm I am also still only playing like part of a game technically, but then technically I'm not because it's still like evolving. So it's just a weird kind of thing, you know, overall. Hmm. Why do you do That's decide to do chapters? You think? Well, I think it just because probably just wanted to get some because like chapter one and I think chapter two he was also mostly like Undertale. It's like like he has people that I think does a little bit of contract work, but it is like vastly just toby fox making the game 
Um, and I think he said mm. for like after two that he was going to hire on more help to actually get it out the door. But yeah, I think it was mostly just to actually be able to get something out. Hmm. Hmm. So anyway, yeah, yeah, I, that's interesting. I really like uh, Undertale. I thought Undertale was a really pleasant surprise, and I was shocked to learn that like a twenty-four-year-old dude just made that whole thing so i I would be uh very interested in checking it out yeah i mean like i said if you played undertale and liked it like you you owe it to yours it's just like like it sounds faint praise but it is kind of just more undertale i like it again it's like we've been going for a long time i don't need to dig in like 20 minutes on all the little differences of the combat system and how it evolves and whatnot but like Mm -hmm. it's at the core is like if you like undertale it's more undertale and you will probably enjoy it Hmm. Kevin, you like Undertale, right? I did. I only played. I so I played it on hard mode by accident, which I didn't realize. I play my I name my character after the character of the game, which I guess makes the game hard mode. And then the game ends prematurely, but it ends in a really funny, like unexpected way. And I was like, "What the hell?" So I had no idea what I was in for for that game. So I, I actually really thought it was really clever. Uh, and I, 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 I think uh, Toby Fox is doing something unique and cool. So I bet you this game's pretty cool. I could, I could believe that. Uh, it's probably worth checking out. Uh, I thought Undertale was cool. I think it's hard to pull off like meta humor in like fun ways, and I think Undertale is one of the few examples yeah. where you can. Undertale do that. did it really well. It also had like yeah. funny graphics and stuff like with the meta humor. Like there was some funny stuff going on that I appreciated. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I, I like that game a lot. <laughs> cool. I got, I still have to play Undertale. Um, tried it once once and someone was watching me and they were like talking over it and so it didn't happen right. but one Long of these jumps. days undertale here we go baby uh, i will <laughs> say brother and sister on i don't know like what the opinion is here overall on video game donkey but my favorite video game donkey video ever was his undertale video i thought it was so funny <laughs> it's my hmm. personal favorite of his he's funny i like donkey i haven't watched his videos in like two years but uh yeah yeah it's funny he's he's funny he's probably like too popular for his own good now where it's like not special anymore saying that you like him but yeah, mm-hmm. i like him yeah all right uh delta rune chapter two uh okay guys are you ready to do the final ritual mm-hmm. oh my gosh we made it we made it wow it's almost this is two organized hours. fifth fifth <laughs> podcast today. No, I'm kidding. Um, two hours. Uh oh, pumpkin. We're gonna turn into a pumpkin if we go another ten minutes. Uh, Drew, I'm gonna let you go first. What is your personal recommend uh, personal recommendation? Yeah. So, well, orig- last time Zach was on the last episode and would have stolen what would have been my recommendation, which was Dracula, the 1992 Francis Ford Coppola <laughs> movie, which is. <laughs> If you have, if you wondered why people on this podcast have been talking about Dracula for the past like two months, you can blame me. <laughs> uh, but so I decided since Zach already took mine, although I you know if you stay stay tuned to the podcast feed, you might be able to hear me talk about Dracula in a different way sometime soon. Uh, but I decided to go with another vampire movie. That the whole reason I think I got everyone eventually to watch dracula is that it has a lot of clear like bloodborne and souls influences uh in it so i decided to go with another 
uh, vampire movie that also clearly a lot of the people at FromSoft clearly watched it and took some cues from, which is uh, the 2000 animated movie Vampire Hunter D. Bloodlust, uh, which is uh, currently now... I, who, if you're listening to this podcast like three years from now, I don't know what to tell you, but at least currently right now, there's multiple versions of just someone has uploaded on YouTube for free, so you can just watch it anytime. Uh, but it is a, a 2000 anime movie based on the Vampire Hunter D uh, novels first. There's an OVA from the 80s that came out that was kind of the first popular like anime version of it. This is a full-blown movie, and it is like without a doubt like uh, to me in my opinion the best looking anime movie ever made period um yeah, i was gonna say the art looks really good it's, in pictures. it also looks yeah, like yeah. castlevania mm. took from this oh yeah like uh, a lot of later stuff. castlevania games the ds ones yeah definitely yeah. a lot of castlevania in there um there's like it's like the easiest the like you think the, the obvious thing is like oh bloodborne because of like the whole gothic style but there is also like even just like there's a character who has like a magical spell that is literally the dark souls like the like blue balls that like have like five of them like just around their head as they're oh. moving and like start shoots oh, yeah. out. That exact thing is literally in this. Homing uh. crystal soul mass, I think it's called. Um, Those are the yeah, what are they called? The home, tracers. Homing the... crystal soul mass. Yeah, I think? something like that. So yeah, there's, there's like there's that. it's not just bloodborne. Uh, there's uh, other stuff as well. Uh, but it's it also is. just like a really solid action movie. Um, and, like on top of like looking great it's like the all the action scenes it's like it's so it's 2000 so it's right before like anime made the switch over to like all digital so it's still actually done with it's like the mm-hmm. the cool. last days of actual cell animation and they put all they put a lot of time and money into this baby because it looks everything just looks great um it's one of like i said it's i think it is literally the best looking anime movie uh, ever and if you're a souls fan you know you got extra you look for the extra easter eggs nice awesome cool awesome check that out especially if it's free yeah you can watch it on youtube although <laughs> YouTube, yeah. is that going to give me I the quality the i mean the quality is not going to be <laughs> i mean like i this is one this is like top two or three on my list of movie like anime movies i wish i hope at some point soon gets a 4k remaster there's not very many of them at all period but this is like top of my mm. list of like it really needs that hdr because i have the blu-ray release on of it which looks fine it's not great but so on it's the mm. the youtube is not going to be that much worse off than uh even if you just had the blu-ray unfortunately oh. so hmm so right. I mean, look—you can look at half full or half empty. Like it's a, the YouTube is still about as good as you're gonna get. So you know, take it as you will. There are multiple YouTube, uh, and they're all different lengths. What's going on? Is the movie one hour forty one? It should minutes? be around one hour forty grunts. something in, in there. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. All right, I think I'm, I'm gonna watch that real soon. That looks awesome. Uh, Oren, what do you got for us? Uh. I'm just going to recommend The Last of Us show, which we've talked about before. Um, I think the I think the show has some valid criticisms, some of which that I agree with. Uh, I think my biggest criticism of the show at this point is that I feel like the action needs to be more violent and more like No Country for Old Men. Like, I think it's weird that the TV show does a worse job than the game at capturing that tension in the action scenes. But... Hmm. I think the game, the the TV show, is actually enhancing a lot of the emotional beats of the game. 
uh, episode three in particular with Bill's story kind of knocked me on my ass and I was just like a sobbing mess a little bit. Mm. Uh, so I think the show is really great in its own way, despite its flaws. And I've really been enjoying it. Um, I think it's like a surprisingly good adaptation of the last of us. Nice. I like what I've seen so far. I didn't watch episode three yet, but. Get that tissue box ready. <laughs> All right. Kevin? Um, I, I'm recommending a Striking Distance Studios um, Callisto Protocol tie-in media podcast, The Helix Station, uh, starring oh. Gwendolyn Christie and Michael Ironside. Uh, Michael Ironside? No way. I know. That's why I got it. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, Michael Ironside and something else sci-fi? Sign me up right now. <laughs> that's the main reason I, I went for it. Um it's a survival horror podcast. It's got 3D audio. It sounds great. The acting and writing. I've only listened to the first episode so far. I've actually been trying to like only listen to one a week because there's only six episodes and they're about 20 to 25 minutes long. So it's like something you could probably knock out like in an afternoon if you wanted to. But I kind of wanted to like savor a little mm. bit because there probably won't be more of this. But um, no. anything with Michael Ironside, you know, <laughs> got to check he, it out, he, right? He should have gotten nominated for an Academy Award for his work in... Uh starship troopers he's so good oh yeah he's oh, yeah. so good in that movie oh, yeah i also so love him in in um in total, total recall. recall he's so yeah. good in total recall he's yeah. just like one of the See best you at the body richter he's so yeah he's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's so good yeah he's so good uh, at playing yes. like uh, so uh, check Nazis. out it's a surprisingly high quality <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah he's surprisingly high quality podcast or um i, I like right. i've listened to the first episode but um you know it's good stuff gotta get your sci-fi horror podcast on yeah yeah i've heard good things uh doesn't yeah yeah uh speaking of of the oscars uh this is going to be a slightly basic recommendation but we all remember back in 2016 when uh for a minute la la land was was granted the um best picture only to have it snatched away from them moonlight by uh moonlight which uh, i don't even watch the oscars i know this (laughs) <laughs> right, everybody knows that. So everybody that's like that. the only thing I knew about La La Land. Other than like, I've lived in LA for five years now. People constantly tell me to watch that movie, and I'm like, what? A musical? Like a romantic comedy? Like what? That that doesn't sound good. But the other night I watched it, and I was like, oh, this movie's great. I uh, oh, I really no, liked it. No, <laughs> should it have won? Yeah, I did. Should it have won? I, I knew Oren was going to have this response. Should it have won? Should it have won over Moonlight? Uh, I, no, I currently I have that chance, movie log, logged as a three out of ten on my Letterboxd. So, man, <laughs> La La Land. Fuck that movie. I oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why three out of oh three out of ten. Interesting. Uh, hmm, I don't that's know. Funny. That's a little. That's a little extreme. Uh, I liked it a lot. I thought it was uh, it was a good good romantic comedy, very much in the vein of like Five Hundred Days of Summer, which is also an LA movie. I don't know. I love I'll LA movies, like so I might. That one. I sure like that. Oh, she, she probably that, will. She yeah, that movie Power to Summer. So, because because no, not because the namesake. No, <laughs> I mean it's that is also a great movie, but coincidentally, I watched Nightcrawler uh, the the following. I also night. rewatched that recently. So I'm actually recommending the La La Land Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler pairing so because it's kind of two different sets. <laughs> I like Nightcrawler of, of L.A. Uh, I'll endorse yeah, Nightcrawler. Really that good. one's good. Also but, made by the guys at Andor. Fun fact. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nightcrawler, like the best representation of like a sociopath in film, probably. I don't know about that. 
You don't know about that? Yeah. Taxi driver? Orin doesn't think he's a sociopath. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Orin's like, he's not a sociopath. He's just a good businessman. He's, he's just a good oh. businessman. But uh, I mean, like, yeah. I, don't, well, I don't know. Is Travis Bickle a sociopath or a psychopath? or what? I don't know the definition. No, Wait, he's it, just a loser. He's just a fucking incel. You guys aren't guy. talking about the Marvel superhero? That's what I thought you were talking about for real. Is this a movie what? that doesn't? Why yeah, would I be talking about, about a Marvel? About I don't know. Americans? I was like, maybe, maybe it has some pairing with La La Land. Like, hey, no, okay, they're both L.A. movies. <laughs> what uh, about American gotcha. Psycho? That's like a great sociopath movie. I don't think that is. I think that's like narcissist. He's a narcissist. You know what? I don't have my psychological profile. Yeah. We're going to break so out the DSM five. He's he's anyway. He's violent. Uh, yeah, I, I'm recommending Orange three out of ten movie La La Land. I liked it a lot. <laughs> This is our most contentious podcast ever now. <laughs> Says Warren every week. <laughs> yeah, but this uh, one, this is the one. At least until the Resident Evil 4 remake comes out and Aaron hates it and Kevin and I are I'm not going to hate it. It's going to be Unless gonna, they, gonna unless be they game turn game it into a game. Watch. I'm going to be like, like, this parry system changed everything. This is the best game I've ever played. Just watch. It's going to happen. But then I'll be the person in the corner being like, Dead Space remake's better. And then Kevin's going to be like, No! <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, guys, actually, I kind of like Resident Evil Seven. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, <laughs> Drew, thanks for for putting up with us. Uh, it was good to have you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, F- Drew's uh, Twitter will be in in the show notes. Also, Oren's Twitter, uh, not Kevin's Twitter, and our oh, Discord man. channel, which you should feel free to jump in and join the conversation. And uh, that, that's all I got for you this week. Oh, Madden, we love you. All right, you guys good? Yep. Yeah. Do you give me permission to to kick the ship off? We've turned into a pumpkin. We've gone over two hours. Have a, oh shit! Oh my god! All right. Well, uh, make some pumpkin seeds, guys, uh, and watch La La Land. Le- le- uh, leave some graffiti on Orin's uh, link LinkedIn uh, letterboxed. <laughs> you could comment, right? Yeah, go for it. All right. I'll, I can take the heat. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, later on.